Okay. All right. So we've started. This is a podcast. Let's go. Let's go. All right. So I guess it's just a conversation as yep. we'd normally have them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it wasn't a podcast. We've just got a new mic and set up. This is the first time we're talking on a podcast. Exactly. We thought it'd be good to do this because we tend to have interesting conversations and we do like conversations and like uh, usually we stay up late just talking. Extremely think, late. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like Extremely we'll come late. back from football and it'll be like 10 o'clock and then we'll just stay till 2 and we haven't had our showers and it's like, so what the fuck are we doing? Exactly. So I think Alex here has been reading books recently. So. I have indeed. I would say that for the past two months, there's been a extreme change in mindset. And with that, I've been reading a lot of books, mainly nonfiction. And I think it's been fantastic because uh, I've been very, like, my knowledge was extremely specified before that. It was in the range of STEM, basically. Yeah. I think we, there's like a, a thing with STEM where if you like STEM, for a long time you just like STEM. And it happens true. to guys a lot. Yeah. Like, because, like, historically, guys have this tendency to go obsessive on one thing yeah. rather than a lot of things. Very true. So that's why when a guy likes STEM, usually they're only good at STEM. 100%. There's some guys that are good at everything, or, and some girls that are good at everything, but guys, especially, when they specialize in one thing, they just go crazy. Mm. I think it's a problem with our world as well because we have a job and your job is usually that one specific It's a hyper-specific job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah which yeah. is, like, you have to strike a balance between how much you're going to specialize exactly, exactly, and how exactly. much you need to stay diverse to be able to, like, talk to people and yeah. live your life. I was yeah. called, I met a guy. Yeah. And because oh, I had some work experience at Verizon. <clears throat> and before then, he worked at Google. Okay. And they were, we were all sitting there, 14 of us, and we were like, why the fuck did you, like, did you like sure. jump out of a job of Google? I think it was Google or it was Microsoft. It was the like big boy company. Yeah. And then he literally just said like, the job was cool, don't get me wrong. But he had so little flexibility. Okay. There was just one aspect that he had to program in a system and that's it, game over. And he was just like, this is boring. And even though it was fun, don't get me wrong, like he enjoyed it, but it was so specific. Sometimes you just have to spice it up. He wasn't able to. So he said he left his job. Now he works at Verizon. He's a senior, like senior programmer. And he can switch up his job from time to time. And he's yeah, very happy. He's keeping it interesting. Exactly. There's a thing about like um, clever people. I was, uh, it was this lecture. And he was saying like, the difference between someone that's really clever and someone that's like your average person. Mm. Your average person can easily do a monotonous job, like a job where they do the same thing all the time. Yeah. Because, well, the job's not the main center of their attention. They're not yeah. focusing solely on their job. Your average person works, actually works, like 60 minutes a day at full efficiency, mm. even if they have like eight hour like Very work true. days. But the difference, like someone that's really intelligent, they you see they usually go into like sciences or... Or engineering or, or a field where they need research because it's not the same stuff every day yeah every day is different except even if it's you're going to the same place you're going to the same whiteboard it's a different thing every day i get what you're you saying. do like 10 years of research before coming to like a conclusion you're like, yeah, 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 yeah that's really cool which is why clever people generally love doing stuff like that very true yeah i think it 
to add to that, I feel like there's a lot more surprises. When yeah, you do well, that's that's it because because you're like, wow, okay, I just you know like like just like recently, like we're kind of discovering a fifth force question mark. Yeah, we don't like, know what it is. We don't know whether it's uh, it had something to do with the muon. Yeah, I'm not too. I don't know too much about it. I was watching Physics Girls YouTube video about it. Yeah, do you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. I've, I it rings a bell. But like the 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 main basis of it is. There was an extremely small change of mass. It was like it had to do with moments of is it moment of spin? Is that I can't exactly called? tell you. There was an extremely small change in um in what's it called? In mass or whatever. And it was extremely small, but that in itself was like the physicists were like, I That's enough. That's enough. Know. There's a there's a fifth force. It's not only they don't know if it's a fifth force or if it's a a particle we don't know yet we don't know we don't know yet they don't know much about what it is um but it could be revolutionary or it can it could just be exactly it could just be a fluke exactly 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 we'll see though we'll see yeah um i don't know it'll be very interesting to what happens though like if like if a fifth force does become discovered i feel like physics will like wake up a bit it will change because it will change. I see so many people say there's the death of theoretical physics in terms of like <clears throat> in string theory well no one knows what the fuck's happening with string theory no one knows I can't like, even tell you <laughs> because I know some people like some professors that do string theory I haven't spoken to them personally but yeah. there's no experiment to find out whether string theory works okay. or string theory is real what they wait for is I think Brian Green was explaining this he was like they need the Hadron Collider to basically have particles that shoot, like, collide with each other. Yeah. Head-on or not head-on, I don't know. And spin out of existence. Mm. Or, or, like, uh, like uh, spiral out of existence, whatever. Yeah. And then they'd be able to know that maybe there is another dimension, which would be the one that they're looking for in string theory. Mm. But I'm not sure if, uh, I'm not sure if th- that's going to work anytime soon. Do you find it interesting how... Physicists are able to say that there's 10, 11 dimensions. Like, the yeah. numbers come out of, like, it seems like they're just coming out of nowhere. Like, these numbers that you see in physics, like, they're able to find, like, distances of, like, the observable universe, which is, like, yeah. 500 million light years. Like, well, how? How are you calculating this? I, I actually, like, I find it extremely interesting how they can, they can go that far. I mean, I don't know. Joe Rogan just said from, that it's it's the DMT. They take some crazy <laughs> drugs, and no. then they're able to go into like you know like some crazy inner consciousness, and they're just able to enter the new dimension or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> the mind of a the mind of a successful physicist must be like working overtime. All overtime. The time. Overclocked. O- overtime oh, all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you can see people like Feynman. Yeah. He had like there are stories about Feynman having. Like, you can walk into his bathroom and pick up the newspaper he was reading, and there'd be physics all over it. Because really? he'd, he'd have written it on the newspaper. Like, he'd be reading oh it, then completely, days. like... Zoned out. Like, zone out of the p- newspaper and start writing physics. That's all mad. around his That's newspapers, all around his stuff. It was, like, uh, he was obsessed. I think it takes obsessiveness to be extremely good at one thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like and a bit of an OCD. Yeah. N- not OCD, but, like, you just need to... It's a sacrifice because you need to give up a lot of things. That's very you need true. To give up. 
if you want to be super, super successful at something, you need to give up basically everything. Uh, that's with everything. Yeah, anything yeah. Successful you have to kind of scrap the rest away. Because you have to hyper-specialize, yeah. but then you become inadequate in other things. Exactly. Like, that's why so many um, successful business people, or successful anything, successful lawyers in New York, mm-hmm. they're talking about lawyers in New York, they work like 80 hours a week, 60 to 80 hours a week, that which is like a lot of time. And you can't like slack in, if you're, if you're a lawyer, you can't just slack Decide. off and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and not be <clears> good. You have to make sure you're like, your billable hours are high. Mm-hmm, so what they do is, it's, there was a lecture about this. It's like, <clears throat> if you want to lead a normal, satisfying life, okay. you can either be 80% good at a lot of things. Oh, yeah, it's the 80-20 like rule. It's no, the 80-20 rule. No, I don't know. What's the about? 80-20 rule? 80-20 rule is... Oh, I'll have to search it up. Hold on. All right. 80-20 rule. All right. I've heard about so, this. what are... You'll cut, you can... You found the it. The Pareto Principle. Pareto Principle. Yeah, it states that... For many outcomes, roughly 80% of consequences <clears throat> comes to, comes from 20% of causes. Okay. The others, the other names for this principle are the 80-20 rule, the rule of the vital law. It's basically for 80% of things, 20, like there's 20% like specific reason for it to happen. I would have to give you a very good, like okay. there's examples in economics. Yeah, so <clears throat> uh, only 20% of the world is rich. From the 80%, hold on, I'm trying a bunch of nonsense. Anyways, so, so basically what it is, it's like, you can be pretty good at a lot of things. Mm-hmm. You know how you're pretty good at a lot of things in school? Yeah. Sometimes you're like, you're like decent at math, decent at physics, decent at some other subjects. Or you can be extremely good at one thing. That's very true. Because if you want to be extremely good at one thing, all your time is going to be set towards that. Okay. <clears throat> but so the difference is, Someone that's generally satisfied with life, mm-hmm. someone that's not hyper successful, relatively successful, satisfied with life, they put like maybe let's say 80% effort into their work, 80% mm-hmm. effort into their family, mm-hmm. 80% effort into their bodies, like to take care of themselves, uh, into all their friendships and into their relationship with their partner maybe. Okay. To keep everything working yep. properly. And you're, you're, you're good at all those things. You become decent at these things, right? Yep. But then... Someone like, let's say, I, I don't have an example of, uh, fine, someone like Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. When he was getting his companies up, he was working, he said 20 hours a day. Yeah, he said a stupid number. Like, like Tesla, he was sleeping so on Nikola the floor. Tesla. You're not sleeping enough, so that there's the health. You've thrown that out of the yeah. water. You're not exercising. You're not seeing family. You're not seeing friends. You're not doing anything. You're just working yeah. all the time. But the difference with that is, let's say, you and I are the same intelligence. Yeah, I And we start off, we start off, uh, we get similar grades and everything. Same person. Now, you start working after school just one hour a day. Cool. Just extra. You finish yep. your homework, but you work one hour a day on your own. Yeah. I finish homework and I work six. Oof. Every day, right? Oof. Oof. Like, if you take six hours a day, how many days are there in a year? 365. Compounds, compounds, compounds. The, the difference Huge. in one year will be enough for me to take a rest at the end of the year and you'd have to go another six years or something yeah. like that. Like, you, you get what I mean? Something uh, ridiculous. I understand. Just to catch up. Yeah. Which is why when someone like 
becomes the word is hyper conscientious, so extremely hard working. Yeah. They just the the um it's like exponential growth. Yeah. It's they, like boom, it goes off the roof. Yeah, it goes up and by the time you want to try and catch up to them, they're so far ahead, they will take you your entire lifetime to catch yeah. up. It's, it's kinda crazy. like with money. It's yeah. the same thing. As soon as you have like at the start you have a hundred pounds you want to invest, you only make like twenty. Mm. And then you have that one twenty you make mm. some like a bit more a bit more a bit more and it's like with what's it called there's that stock market called S&P 500 it's the 500 biggest companies in like the, the US Fortune 500? no I know, I, I know it's like every market has like uh, their like stock and like for the US 500 biggest um, okay biggest Isn't like the UK they have their FTSE or whatever yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, that, it's exactly that okay. I put into like, I put some money into it because it's the US <clears throat> yeah and US is US, they're just a big fat like company basically. Bro, the US is crazy. <laughs> yeah. But like a thousand like imagine you put a thousand pounds into that and uh I think it's like average is ten percent return rate every year. Mm. So times that by one on one, it goes off one thousand one hundred and it goes up and up and up and up and up and up and up. Okay, and up. yeah. And then it's like after forty years, like it just compounds a stupid amount out of a thousand pounds like yeah but it also needs like you require patience because people of course. tend to take money out of course straight, of course that's really quickly patience is the name and of you the know game. I'm really really bad at investing I haven't I'm so illiterate to investing it's like just what's Dogecoin now? So it's like true. asking someone that doesn't know how to write to write that's how bad <laughs> I am at investing so I'm trying to learn I've put some money in you I have some money in um Safe moon to the, to the moon. <laughs> I'm going to try and put some money in safe moon. I, I've put some money in Bitcoin. I bought some gold. That's it. I, <laughs> I bought some gold when, when it was... Uh, what was it? I put 200 in gold. And as soon as I bought it, it, it like crashed. Like the minute I bought it, it went down to 194 point... That's a big L. 0.15. That's a big L. Yeah, but you know, at least it didn't go down too much. But it's calm. big trading rule. Yeah. You don't lose money unless you yeah. sell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the mentality. People see the graph dip and then yeah, they're and like, then they're I'm like, losing money. You're not losing that. money. You're not losing money. It's just that right now the market is on a negative gradient. Yeah. But for everything that goes down, something has yeah. to go up. Yeah. People like people like they, they're not thinking. You have to just be a bit patient and basically let the emotions go. Just don't like you kind of have to think that this money is not that important mm. as soon as you like you you separate from this extreme importance of money because it is important but as soon as you give it too much importance the emotions come in you and you can't trade put properly it forget about it exactly of time. and that's yeah. why people say trade only what you are willing to lose you have yeah. to say to yourself i am going to lose every single penny right now yeah. okay. and you lose attachment to this money you've invested and whatever happens happens and yeah. if you're intelligent and you can make educated guesses and most likely you will make money and mm. that's how the, the like the poor get rich basically I don't think it's most likely I think it's like if you play your cards right you can yeah I mean this get money like this is not just probability people say that I'm gambling when I'm putting like 500 pounds into Bitcoin 200 yeah. into Ethereum right, I think I think it, it's because it feels like gambling a lot because we were it talking does. about this before I was like yeah it just has the gamble feel to it. I, I mean, I don't, know, I don't know if... Obviously, it's not the same as gambling because you're not just putting money blindly and, like, you don't know... It's not like you don't know what cards you're holding. It all depends if you've done the research, It depends basically. if you've done the research. It depends on so many things. 
but it just has the gamble feel. Yeah. Which is probably why. Yeah, yeah. But it feels so much like gambling. I, I wanted to... There's this guy that runs this hedge fund. Okay. Uh, and he's a mathematician and he was able to make mad returns on them. Okay. On, on the money. I don't know, his name is... <clears throat> Let me see if I can find it. He was... Um, hedge fund mathematician. Well, mathematicians are just yeah. OP at everything. I remember watching, like, The Beautiful Mind... And it's about, uh, it was about like Dr. Hash, I think his name was, he was a mathematician, he had schizophrenia and he like, the thing is, this wasn't even, even real. This was going in this schizophrenic episode, but yeah. he was in a, like a military camp and they asked him to like, they, so they gave him a screen full of numbers and he this was able, is this Ramanujan? No, 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 this is, it's called the beautiful mind <coughs> and he was able from literally just a list of numbers get coordinates and from these coordinates uh give these like military officers like a like a point in on earth to go and okay. start this imaginary <clears throat> war but wasn't it crazy like, shit okay. bro it was the mathematician like alan turing if you do you know the yeah he the movie what's it called the um i forgot its name it's like uh alan turing movie yeah alan turing movie uh, the, the imitation, imitation game. game yeah bro this guy was able to like decipher the Nazi codes to find out like I think it was where they where they're gonna like shoot their missiles or something something like that and he just did it like with very little help basically on his own you know what with a few people only. do you know what yeah I'm, I don't wanna be I don't wanna like not give credit to Alan Turing but was it because but like a lot of people like <clears throat> Basically, I'm not saying that they forget, but there was a lot of Polish cryptographers. Okay. Like, who did extremely dumb amounts of work. Like, initially, when the war started, and Poland... Poland was the first country to become invaded... To, 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 that was invaded. Mm. And... Um, and there was basically a group of mathematicians and intelligent people under, like... It's, it was called underground in speech marks. No one knew okay. about them. Yeah. And, like, deciphering codes... And yes, like this man did huge. Like he did the the like the I think last his stuff was for the UK. I don't the, know it was for the UK, but the thing is, um, they like everything initially started from Poland because how were they supposed to know that Poland's being invaded and all of this okay. shit is happening? Yeah. And um, Poland had a lot of insight because they were like captured by. By Germany, okay. do you see what I'm saying? And they, they didn't, they didn't like, they had no idea what was going on. They, the Germany thought this fucking country is just, it's gone. Like Warsaw <coughs> was, I think ninety five percent destroyed or something like that. Yeah. Um, but but like in the realm, yeah, of the unknown, there was like these Polish cryptographers, mathematicians who who were also like deciphering huge codes. I was thinking so, about like. You know, a similar story when um, when Einstein went over to America mm-hmm. and told them that... Um, was it Einstein that went to America and told them that the Germans are preparing... Germans have really good physicists and are preparing like a... Oh, they had very nuclear, intelligent people as well. ...nuclear bomb. Yeah. And so the, the, um, and so the Manhattan Project mm-hmm. began and they were all the really, really good American physicists at the time. All of them were there together. There was Niels Bohr. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then Feynman was young. Wait, but who was... The German physicists in Germany were... There was Einstein. 
um, what's his name? But he wasn't um, involved with anything. No, was he, he, he left. He had to he leave left. Nazi Germany because That's, he was Jewish. Exactly, exactly, he to, exactly. He had to exactly, leave exactly. from the country. If not, like... Mm-hmm. Nazi Germany sort of valued their scientists in a very weird way. Mm-hmm. But they valued their scientists. So I don't know if Einstein was going to be just like killed the way the other Jews were. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know what would have happened to him. But I don't think it would have been pleasant anyways. Um, who was it? Heisenberg. I can't tell you. Heisenberg was also in Nazi Germany, I think. Uh, let me look. Let me, you would have to search that up. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure, but... I think Heisenberg was during the Nazi regime. Heisenberg. Werner Heisenberg. Hmm. Yeah, he was, he was definitely born. He was definitely, during that time, he was born in 1901 and died in 1976. So. He was around yeah. there. Yeah. He was around there. He, he, he has the uncertainty principle, right? Yeah. Delta X, Delta P. Yeah. That's him. Well, yeah. So, so anyways, Einstein had to leave and he warned them about, like, the Germans have really good physicists. Mm-hmm. They're going to be able to make something that's extremely powerful, like a nuclear bomb. Yeah. So all the American physicists went down to the, and started the Manhattan Project. Yeah. And who was it? It was... If you ask any physicist at the time, who's the best physicist at the time, I think, or even now, they all say Einstein. And, But when they say Einstein, they say the second closest was Paul Dirac, who's this, like, English slash... French? French. Yeah, like, yeah. But he's not French. I've, I've, they, they, that guy but he was clever. About. He was really clever. He went to... His dad, like, was really strict with him. So Who he, did he, like, invent? He, um... The, is it Dirac? Delta function. There's this? a... There's, is it him? Yeah, it's Dirac. Him. Yeah. Go into... The first equation they'll show you is his equation. Dirac made fundamental contributions to the early development of both quantum mechanics and quantum electrodynamics. Yeah. Quantum theory. Oh, he did a shit ton of stuff. But wait, go into his formula. If you just go into Dirac, Dirac formula. All right. Just write that. Formula. I think that's one he he gave. I don't understand. Yeah. This is from quantum. But I don't. I don't understand it. But um, I just wanted to see it. Yeah. He had a few this things. Is, this here. is past our knowledge. Yeah. Uh, but not but, good enough at physics. Uh, Hopefully yet. Relativistic wave equation derived by British physicists. It is free from or But you know he was he was so clever. This guy, um How do these guys think of this stuff? I don't know. So you know what? He uh I think he went to Cambridge for engineering. Who? His dad wanted him to go for engineering. Dirac. Dirac. But he didn't like engineering, so he finished it quick. He finished the course in two years. A lot of people do that. Bro. A lot like, of these bro, physicists. He went, to like, he went to Cambridge Engineering, finished the course in two years so that he can move on and do physics. Because he uh, liked it more. He got a Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah. Nobel Nin- Peace Prize, right? Yeah. No, 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 Nobel Prize in physics. Yeah. 1933. I can't remember what it was for, but I remember he did get a Nobel. Um, uh, he's a smart guy, we must say. Mm. I mean, this is, I don't so understand. these are the two big, big, big physicists of yeah. the 20th century. Like the really, really big ones. But then the loved one by students is Feynman. Everyone. Yeah, I mean, I, because I the guy him. just knows how to teach. Like, okay, this guy. Cool. He's like, he's like the teacher you want to have. He's the God teacher. Like, he will explain like things to you that you wouldn't even be able to comprehend yeah, usually. And it, he does it in a way where like, 
it doesn't it doesn't even feel like physics yeah it just feels like you're listening to like cool information yeah it's just like oh well he was explaining tunneling quantum tunneling you know when something jumps uh, the uh, like the forbidden forbidden region like um, where it shouldn't be supposed to go through but it still can go through like an electron I think and he explained it by like imagine you push a ball or you push something into a volcano with a really tiny like hole okay so instead of it just if you push it slowly, it doesn't go into the hole, it just rolls back down. Right? That's true. But if you push it with enough force, it go pushes up. up and goes in. Yeah. You know? And that's how he explained it. He said there has to be enough energy for it to be able to mm. do the quantum tunneling. Mm. That's how, it, it's such a nice analogy. It's like, and when he explains how like surface tension works, he's like, oh, atoms like, are holding hands. Yeah. Like, uh, and that's why they shape that ball-like form. And that's why like planets are circular as well. Because... You know what? I have a theory. But what? I don't know why, but I, I, it's, it just seems so strange to me that everything works in like a orbital nature. Our atoms, like our electrons are orbiting. Do you see what mm. I'm saying? And, you know, we are created out of um, millions of these atoms. And then these plant, like our planet orbiting around the sun mm. right and then on the, like and then you go up again and Everything then is galaxies like ish yeah, yeah yeah but exactly it's not it's an eclipse yeah, i don't know it's ellipse but like you can you can express in terms of pi can and if i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure you can yeah and i'm not i'm not 100 percent sure but i'm pretty sure you can uh and go to the next like uh like next level galaxies are spinning around other things and then on another like it just it's like from the fundamentals yeah. to the biggest things on this on this like universe everything somehow is just fucking spinning yeah they say like the, <laughs> ma- the, <laughs> the micro imitates the macro and yeah, vice yeah. versa so like, like in economics isn't it uh, in economics is different micro and macroeconomics are so different from what i've done in economics anyways like i haven't done too much economics Me I, stopped, I stopped economics before uni like okay. I just stopped economics yeah, like yeah. a year ago. But um, micro and macro are so different. Oh, in economics? Yeah. Teach me. I mean, I, know... bro, I, I don't think I'm even competent enough to still do it. Okay. I, 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 used, to, I used to help out with the math and economics parts. Okay. So supply and demand? Like uh, supply and demand. I used to be able to like uh, find out, um, I forgot the words, like if there's shortages or not. I wouldn't be able to explain it that well. I'm okay. really, really, like Fair rusty. Enough. I'm Fair extremely enough. rusty on economics. But I just, I just knew that I liked micro more than macro, and there was a massive difference. No, like, I mean, uh, definitely. I think well, macro is the big, the whole, yeah, the whole picture like of whole scale economics. But I think it's, it's difficult to manage macroeconomics because, like, everyone has different ideas on macroeconomics. Everyone has different ideas <laughs> on everything. I mean, <laughs> macroeconomics is pretty like. If you do something, the supply and demand. So everything makes kind of sense. Really simple to understand. Yeah. On a very basic level, like uh, if if you put out a product and people like it, people are gonna buy it. But it makes oh, sense and the, it's like, extremely basics, strong. Yeah. Like it's but it's then, like kind of like Pythagoras' theorem in maths. When you scale it out and go to macro, I think it's completely different. It becomes, okay. It becomes you have to take into account like uh, unions, like how much power they have, minimum wages, all that type of stuff. I see. On the, on the big scale. I guess it gets, it gets more into like politics as well yeah, and yeah, other yeah, like yeah. fields. Because more. like I think uh, there are some economists that 
had the idealistic an idealistic view of account economics yeah, and geography and as well a lot of geography goes into it mm. that's why i really i loved geography like back in i don't know like when i was like 16 15 but what i could not stand is like all the politics involved with geography and it's like i just wanted to learn about volcanoes and tectonic plates yeah, yeah? but i had to remember right like these like long long essays on like i remember like like even were like because i was learning about nigeria and like their political situation i remember they had a coup and um there was like the problem of oil and how like 80 percent of like their money at, from a certain point was coming from oil mm. and it was extremely like dependent on oil i remember this stuff but i remember learning about it and it was just so hard to learn about because it was so like like economics slash politics like heavy rather than geography yeah 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 and it, that's why i didn't pick geography because like at a levels because i was just i feared it yeah I feared and that the thing is but back then i was very like close-minded and i and i thought to myself i'm a like maths mathsy type of guy and i just yeah. can't do anything else but i loved that that was you know there's a certain cockiness that comes with it it's like yeah i fucking love math and that's it like Math, physics, it exists. those are my mojo, and then the rest, well, well that... I guess that's what fuels, that's what fuels, like, all these extremely high-achieving people. Maybe, I feel like maybe from a young age, yeah. they've been, like, they've had this, like, ego or whatever, and it was like, I am the smartest, I am learning the best well, subject, you know, and they just, they just don't care, they just, they, they, like, they have their own opinion, and they just sit there in a book, and they just do maths and maths and maths and physics and physics yeah and like i feel like only when they reach a certain stage like then you have to like apply it like you need to be more philosophical to start coming up yeah. with ideas that don't exist right yeah and that's when they start to well, wake um, up i think what you're talking about i think is the dunning kruger effect so, so it doesn't yeah. have to do with intelligence only no it's like it's a curve that goes confidence versus competence okay so confidence on the y-axis and competence on the x-axis okay so if you see it it's like when you know when you you're in like high school um so sixth form and so you're 11 and 12 yeah, yeah, yeah whatever and you become <laughs> like you get like 95 percent on two math tests and then you feel like you're the shit it's and true then, and then like you can't even miss a question in class anymore and yeah. everything's like flowing perfectly yeah, you're, yeah. You're in the perfect groove right and then, like, you reach university and then you realise all you know about physics and math is nothing. Yeah, it's like 100%. Learned, hey, it's very true. And then the confidence drops. 100%. Massively. But as the co confidence drops, also with time, your competence grows. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. then you pick up confidence again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, at yeah, some yeah, point, yeah, you, yeah. you level out at really, really high confidence, which is which is kind of good, but you're not as cocky as you obviously are as a teenager. Yeah. Like, um, it goes out. And your cockiness would be justified if, you, if you're if you a successful theoretical physicist. Your confidence yeah, 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 kind yeah, of yeah. justifies. It's like, well, you've come You're going to be happy with a noble, you, noble you, you prize. You come up with stuff. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. You deserve to be cocky. I think another problem is, like, teachers and the education system, people which, like, are high achievers... Mm. become not just rewarded with prizes or whatever but like the like respect you get from like teachers mm. do you see what I'm saying it's over it the helps roof you you're just you're just looked so like so much highly of and it's 
and it's in it's an advantage in it's like a psychological advantage in a sense you're walking into class and you have you have yeah, a you good relationship around, you can with teacher. Around exactly teacher. exactly and uh, like sadly this guy who's who's maybe struggling with whatever he is in life and he just doesn't have time to like do maths i don't know maybe he's taking care of his sick mom whatever okay. shit happens yeah. and then he comes to school and like the teacher comes up to me like yo you're a joke man you're unserious brother wake up do mm. more maths but like and then like that in itself is a destructive type of like mindset for the kid which it's like as soon as you, you're you're better the chances of you getting even better rise like this it's like with pro football isn't it what they, there's a part there's a part in the bible that says um i'll say like in from bro- the poor all will be taken from the rich to the rich everything will be elevated there's something like that I interpret that interpret that I'm um, not sure I was going to give the example that like let's say you make it to a pro team at the age of like you hit like a pro academy at the age of 9, 10 yeah. you're like yeah. you're surrounded by a lot of good already if you see what I'm yeah. saying like your opportunities are much larger and then all these people who play for like these amateur teams or they have some unserious coach and the chances of them getting to where they are, like they need to work three times as harder to yeah. get to the same level. And it's fair, unfair. I don't really know. That's just, I guess, how life operates. Some people just get more lucky than others. But yeah. So here the, here's the, for to everyone who has more will be given and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. So, okay. it's like... You have to deconstruct that. For the people... Like, it's easy to spiral out into oblivion when you're struggling. Yeah. You're not far away from oblivion. I can but, 100% agree with that. But as you're succeeding, it's it becomes sort of... It becomes easier with time to, to, to garner more success. 100%. You know? So, that's what it means in a like, practical way. And... Like, I can I can personally from experience. I think agree it, with that. you can see it in education. Like if someone's struggling, if you miss a math lesson, right? Yeah. And you're not very good at math. You're and pissed. Come the next day, and you're you pissed. haven't you haven't like looked at the lesson. Yeah. You're yeah, gonna yeah. be way behind. That's very true. Even if you're clever, you're gonna be behind. But you can catch up in like the first five minutes of the lesson. Yeah. And just continue, right? But then after that, you'll be more behind every single time you come to class mm. and it spirals really quickly from you being a, a B student to mm. a B student or a C student, like very, very fast. That's very true. You know? I think that is just a point proven that our world is not linear. Like our, our world is like full of just like compound exponential rises and decays. Yeah. In a sense, like if you're, if you're doing like, if, if life is not going well for you, depression is coming faster than you think do you yeah. see what i'm saying and like the same thing is like as soon as you're good financially the chances of you becoming a millionaire skyrocket as well it's not only it's not the chance like it doesn't skyrocket because not like loads of people aren't millionaires but there was a thing i was reading about like in america the reason i don't know there's a huge difference in america between the one percent and some other people but so many people go through the 1%. A lot of people, I think it's, 
the thing is, I can't remember the percentage exactly. Yeah. It's like 25% of Americans have gone through the 1%, have been part of the 1%, then move out. Oh, okay. But there's constant fluctuation. I, and, yeah, I see what you And it depends on what you mean by 1%. 1% of Americans, 1% of people. Because if you're talking 1% of people on the planet, every single person in America is in the top 1% of people on the planet. That's very true. Or a huge, huge majority of That's people in America. That's very true. That's very true. Like... The poverty line in Africa is way lower than the poverty line in America. Yeah. Like, it's just the sad truth. Yeah. Being the 1% in like some African country. It's like it's, average. It's, it would be like a, a low low wage in an American country. I mean, that. you can speak from experience. How is it in in Nigeria? I, mean, I didn't... Luckily, I didn't... Because really, you're from a like, well, okay. good yeah, background. I mean, yeah. Uh, you've probably met there are a people, lot of poor people. A lot of poor people. There's a lot of poor people. I mean, I, I wasn't really in the um, around the, the poor in region. French they call it bidonville. It's like these like uh, like favelas. Really, not favelas. Let me see if I can get the name. Bidonville in English. Hmm. In English. Slum. Slum. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. I wasn't really around those places too much, so I couldn't really see too many. They're not the safest. People. Yeah, <laughs> but like you can see poor people everywhere. Yeah, okay. Even though okay. there'll be beggars on the streets, there'll be like people have really low wages. Mm. It's it's not ideal. And I have a question for you. Yeah. Because as you can see, like definition of poor is extremely different. Yeah. In from country to country. And like when you see when you listen to like, like uh, I think especially like hip hop or rap. Okay. And these people are. Like when they list like with the best songs are people with the biggest struggles. Do you see? What I'm saying yeah. Like the most yeah. Because it's crimes. like a success story. Yeah, yeah, it's like a success story. But like when I'm listening to like certain like rappers from like London saying mm-hmm. how tough their life is, and like. They bear, they're barely eating any food or stuff like that. Like, I'm not saying that, like, you're not struggling. It's just that your struggle is not as bad as your struggle, like, is. And, mm. you, like, you, like, I know how much, the, like, the government in England, when it comes to others, are, is very good. Like, you can get benefits and you can live. Like, uh, like, the, like this country will give you a house yeah. if, if you're not making money. Like, a single mum... Is like this is one of the best countries to be a single mom in. Do you see yeah. what I'm saying? And like the struggle exists. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. It's just that people just they just they just they never think like I like extremely appreciate where I am. Do you see they what I'm say saying? Like, I don't give like for example I don't give a flying fuck that my parents are not paying for my uni because the fact that I am going to uni in and of itself mm. is. Like for me, an extreme success, and I am extremely happy and proud mm. because, like, my dad is from, from broke ass village in Poland. My man had had one socks. He had one pair of socks that he had to wear the whole week, mm. and look at me. So, I don't like, I don't really, I don't like speaking about my like struggles because I don't think, relative to this world, the, I ever really had to struggle. Yeah, well, the thing is. It's hard to tell people that they're not struggling. That their struggle is not really relatively struggle relative to yeah. Else. So that's why and people can't live other people's struggle 
Mm. Except if they're really good at empathizing. Empathizing is like basically being able to really put yourself in someone's yeah, shoes. shoes. Like yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, being yeah. Able to empathize. That's a very actually good being skill. Being able to put, Extremely put good yourself skill. in someone else's shoes. Yeah. Like properly, not just, oh, I empathize with you, but I don't really feel what you feel. No, like empathy is a, it's a very strong, it's a very powerful thing to feel. Yeah. Really. I can say that from experience because. And I think it would be very hard to try and fully empathize with. A really poor African kid. Yeah, that's also it's, very it's true. Like, no if idea. You, if you, you don't even know what it feels like yeah, to yeah, not yeah, eat yeah, for like yeah. four days in a row. Of course. Like actually not eat anything exactly. and your ribs are popping out. and Yeah, that's you, crazy, man. You're walking in the sand and it's dry and it's hot and Literally. it's like 40 degrees Celsius outside and your feet are burning from sand. It's not It's not mm. easy. Well, I feel like... I feel lucky that I haven't experienced any of it. It's uh, Definitely, definitely. I think it's something people should be grateful for. Hundred percent. Not having 100%. experienced it, I, I mean, it's, it's sad that it happens, but you know. It is what it is. I mean, we can only we can only try to change the world. We can only do one so much time. in so little time. Yeah, so yeah. Time, because it's not like it's gonna fix itself quickly. It's not. It's possible to fix. It's possible. To it fix, is possible to fix. Remember what I was saying. Like, how if mm-hmm. we if we if like in theory. This is all hypothetically speaking. If everyone decided to all do like STEM subjects, we'd be able to progress technology to a to such a amazing level that we could yeah. get most of these poor poor countries to a fairly stable financial like independency. Because <coughs> right now a lot of African countries just also depend on like aid. other countries. Do you see yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? Which and is also so bad. Yeah, it doesn't help because it doesn't promote like actual productivity. Yeah, which doesn't help a feet, uh, country get like on its own two feet and start walking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you said who was the person that was saying this about the uh, machines? It, it was, was this, uh, no. Uh, this who said this was Naval Rakivant. This Naval is this Rakivant. this this very very intelligent man. He was on Joe Rogan podcast, and I remember him saying that 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 like as soon as we like hit a certain point of like automation as well, where robots actually start doing a lot of our shit then there's a point where us humans we just need to focus on our happiness because right now a, a big problem is mm. like this if everyone's like if someone ever tells you that happy like money doesn't give happiness it's a bunch of nonsense money is an extremely real problem on this world and you will be worried if you don't have money yeah. it will give you stress it will make you sad I, if you if I you take that gives, away yeah. if you oh. take that away and if you solve the problem of like like financial instability, then people can actually start focusing on like being happy. I think that's the word stability. I think yeah. it's not about money doesn't give you happiness inherently, but it it gives you stability. So it, it gives, gives you freedom. It gives you something freedom. to stop thinking about. Mm. Another thing to stop thinking about. Yeah, you don't need to think about whether you're going to eat today. Yeah. You don't think about whether you're gonna lose your house today. Yeah. You know? So that just removes a, a lot of burden from your body it's like if you're holding a it's like you're carrying a heavy bag yeah you're not meant to be carrying and then you take off the books you don't like exactly you don't need, exactly exactly it becomes life simple like a rich person like the only reason rich people say that like money doesn't give happiness is because they've risked they have all this money and now they're looking at it and it's just like this lambo you know, it's just short-term excitement and happiness. 
the most important and the most like fundamental things in, in our life are the simplest ones. Like think about it, having having children, having a wife, um, and having a family. It's like the most simple. Everyone has that. Yeah. It is something like everyone on this world basically has. Like obviously, like your family. I'm talking about blood. Like you can have dickhead family members, right? Yeah. But um, like everyone wants or at least most people, most people want to have like a happy relationship with a partner uh, and maybe have children. And those are the, usually the things that give people the most happiness. It's never yeah. going to be it's the not money. Only, it's, not, it's not happiness because people think happiness like this short-term excitement, the buzz. Like yeah, yeah, it's completely different. High, yeah, 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 I think yeah. it's more like contentment. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. You live, you, you're satisfied with life. You wake up and you're... You like have a decent outlook on life. You see your kids. You yeah. Have breakfast with your family. It's nice. You go exactly. to work. Even if work isn't great, you can come back home sometimes. And you exactly. See, you see your family. You're you're a bit happy. It gives you like yeah. a, It gives you a consistent source of satisfaction. Exactly. You know? It's. Uh, I, I think it's it's very satisfying to to have a good family. To definitely, definitely. Even I mean, even like I'm young. I'm not married and I'm not in a relationship. So, but. Like just being in with my family gives me like ha- contentment. Definitely helping out my little brother. Definitely, it, it helps me out too, in some sense because it's like I'm doing something hmm. that's going to be a net positive to my family, yeah. and as a re- result of that, it's going to be net positive to the world as well. Because yeah. if if we are good people, the more good people there are, the like it's like when, you know when um, like a charity will ask you to donate a little bit of money and you go, oh but. If I if only I donate, what's it gonna do? It's not like if only you donate. Is if a lot of people have this outlook and exactly. this like will to help their family, will to make people improve in their family, will to improve themselves mm. to set an example for other people to improve as well. Yeah. So many people will improve. Mm. For example, if today you decided that, let's say you're gonna work a lot, like you're gonna always Hustle. be working, you're going to. You're going to set your life and you're going to try and better yourself in a short period of time. I understand. As a result of that, at least one person from your extended family or from your friends, at least one person is going to go, wow, he's doing something cool. Let me try it out for myself. Yeah. And, it and becomes influence. It rubs off. It rubs off. And by the time you know it, it's gone to so many people. Because so mm. many people now find out this guy's doing something. And now your friend's doing the same thing and... Some of his friends, I see two of his friends find out, and three of their friends find out. Yeah, and yeah, from yeah. every branch, it expands and it goes out quickly. Yeah. And all of a sudden, indirectly or directly, you've influenced a thousand people. Yeah. And you have no idea about it. That's very you don't true. know anything about it, but you've, you've had an influence. That's very true. Yeah? Think... Just by setting a positive example. Yeah. Not by doing anything like exceptional. You're not going and like, lecturing people about getting better. You just do. You are getting better, and as a result of that, other people are also. It's getting like better. a side effect. It's yeah, like a bit of a, a side effect. It's a positive side effect. Yeah, it's I was a, also going to like if you take the conversation back like yeah. two minutes. I was going to add that there's also a big difference between like doing like like helping <clears throat> someone like from your family because yeah. it's your role. Or something that it's kind of like, something you're meant to do. You're meant to do, and it's that like that gives you satisfaction yeah. when you do do it. 
mm-hmm. but like recently for me I have made sure that every single like interaction that I do with someone sounds good, like I'm crazy but I do it because I genuinely want to speak to this person or I genuinely want to help this person mm. and I get so much more like happy like I genuinely feel happy that after I've 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 just done this like I don't mm. like f- like now like <clears throat> when when my mum asks me to do something it's not a do you see what I'm saying? Like, I don't even... I, I'm not home often anyways. Yeah. Do you see what I'm yeah, saying? So, so I just... I just... I do as much as I can. And it's because I want to. Not because, like, I have a responsibility anymore. I think as soon as you just kind of live in the present and do as much as you can for what it is... Yeah. You'll be a much happier... Like, happier person. Yeah. Not satisfied. Oh, okay. Because satisfaction is different. It's like... It's kind of like with maths. Some people like maths... Because they just like, oh, I got it right. Do you yeah. see what I'm saying? You get the equals equals three. And then there's also the people who just just find maths. Be- people call it beautiful. Like it's an art form and they love the process. Do oh, you yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah. And they love the fact that they had to sit there for three <coughs> hours. They don't, they like, they like the struggle. <coughs> they like everything about it. Not just the satisfaction. They're like, the, the, just the... The dopamine at the end of it that makes them a bit more happy and excited. I think that's the big difference. Yeah, I think it's important to appreciate moments with your family. No, definitely. It's for what it is. I mean, yeah, like every not because of their family. family. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, because it's special. It's uh, if you're talking about it genetically, you're directly talking to someone that's genetically linked to you. Yep. When, which is why there's an appeal. Don't oh, worry. Thanks. There's an appeal to like um, having children because it's it's like you're passing on it's your like you're passing on your genes. It's a way in sorts to live forever on Earth. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. I know it's not the same as living forever. Like a part of you is yeah. going to stay. Yeah. On a physic, an actual yeah. real part of you yeah. is staying. Sure. It was there's this uh, biologist. Um, Brett Weinstein, yeah. he um, he was talking about the relationship between, um, what was it? He was talking about the relationship between religion and biology. It was interesting that he was Ooh. linking it metaphorically, because he was talking metaphorically. He wasn't talking literally. Yeah. So what he said was. First, he changed the definition of truth as something that will benefit, um, something that will be the outcome of. The outcome of the action is a net positive. Okay. That's what he meant by truth, not truth that you see in science, like uh, you come out with an equation and then you can test it out as an experiment and then yeah. it comes out as true. Yeah. So his truth was, so the outcome of an event, the outcome of, of an action is a net positive. Mm-hmm. So what he was saying is, so he's a biologist and he was talking about religion's metaphoric truth. That's okay. what he was saying. So he was saying... According to him, religion is metaphorically true in the sense that it actually helps us improve like, our lives. Like, like um, um, it makes our genetic pool fitter. Ooh. Uh, so you're saying that like if you take these religious like uh, scriptures metaphorically, our genes... No, not only... Like, become you, better no 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 like not as a direct effect of being religious 
but so and like evolutionary you'll be a, like a better person no and your kind children of, your children yeah, you'll so. keep because if if you follow the tenets of the 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 good things about religion like if you follow the Ten Commandments, for example, from Christianity properly, and, yeah, five pillars and, of Islam, and and you, and you like, um, you respect them. Yeah. You set yourself up in a way of life that's more conducive and more in the norm, and it helps you later because you also um, put yourself in a position where you can give your children a good upbringing. Yeah, hundred percent. And give your children a way to live that's uh, that's. Uh, Law-abiding and also... I think a good moral compass. Yeah. It, it, it gives it, you a good moral compass. I assume so, If you yes. take it metaphorically, and I think the word metaphor is an extremely important word because yeah. I've, you, like, a lot of like these uh, religious leaders say that like these like the Bibles, the Torahs, the Qurans, they're all extremely still valid and they are. Don't get me wrong, they are. However, yeah, these they, things have been written by a human, humans, mm. 2,000, 1,500, 3,000 years ago. Do you see what I'm saying? The world has changed drastically. As the same way, like, we need, we have updates in our applications yeah. and in our political yeah. structures. Religion needs them as well. There are some differences because, like, you know, the reason... Um, uh, Christianity became such a hit in Europe. It's also they went through a reform when the like it was going to be Judaism, but then they were like, hold on, if we go to Rome and we tell these guys and these women, but we tell especially these guys they have to cut a part of their penis. Oh, as yeah, we get there, circumcision. They're gonna be like, get the fuck out of here. True, true. <laughs> they're not gonna go and say, yeah, 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 you know what? Let me actually do that. Just give me your appointment, the booking, and I'll go and do it. No. It's like, it's like. Refill, refill. Yeah. It's like, let's not do that. Mm. So, um, they come, St. Paul. Uh, first Pope. He, he, was he? Yeah, I, he was I the first Pope. That. Yeah, he was the first Pope. Okay, he's the guy who got stoned. It, oh, wow. That's, uh, I just read about the history of how it propagated into like Rome and stuff. So he was like, you know what? Let's not do that. Let's let people not need to cut their, their uh, penises. And let's also um, make people be able to eat whichever food they want. Because you know, before it was like for the Jews, it's kosher food. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And which is why sometimes you see Jews, they bring their food with them yeah. to someone's house and they yeah, eat yeah, their own yeah, food, yeah, even yeah, if they're yeah. going to someone else's house. And so he was like, let's make it more, um, not inclusive, let's make it more um, accessible. That's it. Which is why so many people got into it. Because it, it, it was just, it. it was way easier to practice, but it gives people the satisfaction they need, the, the God of the gaps they need to fill their lives, you know? Mm. Help them I would say people are also less educated. It was like, a way to structure society. It, yeah, 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 yeah. It was very. I mean, I think as I, I was saying back in the days, I think religion was an extremely good idea. It still is, but like people are becoming more like aware, self-aware, yeah. and more overall populations being more educated. Yeah. And like that's why you see all these physicists who just don't believe in God. Physicists yeah, yeah, have, or, have always had a knack of not believing. Yeah. Because it's not like they don't believe. What all of them say is, basically, they don't think there's enough 
compiled evidence to believe. Yeah. But they don't actively disbelieve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's exactly, the definition exactly, of exactly. atheism. Well, we say atheism, but I was, I was seeing this person who was like, oh, you shouldn't say it that way. It has to be atheism. Because we call it theism when you believe in God. It's just adding an a prefix. So no. it's atheism, not yeah, atheism. Yeah. Anyways, what he said was like, the act of so not believing in God but not actively disbelieving yeah. disbelieving in God yeah. it's sort of confusing but I think you can get your head around it no I completely like understand what, they, what they're trying to say I've been in their mindset as well mm. I mean mm. when you I think like the first time I remember when I was like trying to deep how large everything is yeah but how like how insignificant we are yeah like in the totality of this whole observable universe that is probably also a fraction of what a fraction of what is. we think exactly it exactly it just like i don't know like if your brain is not questioning that type of stuff then you're just not aware of what's going on you're just you're you're, you're just you're just living unconsciously you're still sleeping you're living, i think those are important questions yeah. you ask yourself you're living consciously but you haven't you haven't expanded your range of consciousness. Maybe? Yeah, exactly. Like extremely exactly. limited. Like, like you only. Like you think of the mundane. Exactly, the exactly. But you exactly. know, it has to do with people that. So. Not many people are interested in, talking about conceptual ideas mm-hmm. all the time. I can talk about conceptual ideas all the time. I like that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. I think you're the kind of person that also likes that type of stuff. Yeah. I can just go on and talk about it and not get bored. No. Some people actually just get bored. Yeah, yeah they don't about. like philosophy. Yeah. Yeah, like, they just don't like it. I find philosophy really interesting and really cool. It could confuse me sometimes. It could like blow your brain and you're like, what the fuck is going yeah. on? But also it's like it's interesting to contemplate every once in a while. Well, I say every once in a while, but it's <laughs> every day. Every day. <laughs> um, every day. What's going on? everywhere yeah i agree with you i feel like just the act of being curious and questioning intellectually curious right yeah, 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 no, yeah. it just it, it doesn't even have to be it can be just it can, everything it can be it can anything like any interaction we have if you just walk away and you just reflect yeah oh was this was okay. i rude was i not rude do you mm. see what i'm saying like mm. selflessly or is if it's with philosophy like you're reading a book and you stop and think does that actually make sense to me? Everything, every single question you ask yourself has value. Even though you may not have an answer, yeah. the act of questioning makes you a more intelligent person. It makes you a more... And this is with um, like just like pure intelligence and emotional intelligence. It's the same thing when you're interacting with someone and and like uh, you had... A, like, like, let's take an extreme scenario. You just had like someone just robbed you and you caught him and you absolutely fucked him up and you made okay. him bleed and everything. And like most people will step away and that's it, the end of the situation. Mm. And if that happens to them again, they probably will do the same thing. Mm. But I can promise to you there's a million ways of, of uh, like handling that scenario. And if you reflect on it, I promise to you, you will find a better way of doing that, of getting your wallet back and not like killing the guy and him getting a consequence if you see what i'm saying okay so that is i think that's the like the lot like the big significance of questioning on the other point like as soon as you start questioning like a classical philosophy it's also fantastic yeah because you think of like all these political structures they're all based on like 
old Greek philosophy, right? Yeah. I was I was listening to a a podcast recently, like basically yesterday, and it was talking about this exactly, um the point of questioning. Yeah. It says it's important to question, but it's difficult to question your fundamentals. If you question the fundamentals of something, it can really mess you up, like the axioms of mathematics, you know? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mathematics, like, why is one one? And why is why, one, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, if you start questioning those, then you can get into a tricky situation where I there agree. are no definitions of anything and you're yeah. just moving in a space where you don't know anything about anything. It becomes weird. Because, like, you can take the example. The example that was given was... Uh, it was talking about a relationship. It was like, imagine you're in a relationship and... At one point, after a while, you question, is this the right relationship I should be in? Mm. If you're, you're questioning the fundamental root of the relationship, which is, if, you, if it wasn't the right relationship to be in, you wouldn't be in it to begin with mm. at the start. So the fact which means that you're in it. When you went in it the, at the start, the, the part, will this be, is this the right relationship, was a given. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that you question it, you put all of that in 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 um, like a Pandora's turmoil. Book. Everything starts moving crazy. Yeah, yeah. And you have to, I completely you have to reflect understand. on it completely. But I feel like with relationships specifically, I can mm. from experience say that my one of my biggest regrets is not like every day questioning. If if how my, how stable is my relationship? Mm. I took a lot of things for granted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought uh, they were much better than they were, and same thing. I was just, I was just not aware. I was not fully conscious of what's going on. I'd, and and so then what happens is when a person like like in my scenario, um, my ex broke up with me, and I was like fuck. What the fuck just happened? Mm. Why? I don't like. I was just shocked. I was shocked. Like it was, like for me, I I just wasn't prepared, and I didn't know what was going on. Why? Yeah. After only like literally a whole month or two, the answers just start coming to you if you just sit down and actually think. My mind was busy, and I didn't know what was going on. Didn't question anything. Didn't actually fully consider you that other like- person. You said, like, to be able to come up with the answers, you had to really deeply think and yeah. like, meditate. Meditate, exactly, is, exactly. So, like, for me, meditation has been a big saviour. For the past two months, I've been meditating every single day. And Explain what meditating is. Like. Meditating is... How you do it. Me is... For, for me, personally, is I reach a state where I am conscious about my consciousness. Or... I think. I think about my thinking and I am fully aware. And also, it is also the point where your mind is at peace. There is nothingness. And the way I can like say this in a metaphor is, imagine you're, you have your email, right? Yeah. And you've got, you've got like 25 emails. The same way your brain has these, these notifications. And if you sit there and you flick through all these emails, sooner or later, you will reach zero. And that is the state of peace. And that's when your mind is clear and you can actually figure out stuff. You can actually um, get uh, answers to things that you didn't even question. Like for me, there was even things that I got answers to that initially I didn't even... Aware, yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay. Like my my biggest 
one I remember to like extremely clearly I I stood up from like a meditation and I knew exactly why I was such a stingy person once and it was all to do with the fact that when I came to London from Poland like my both my parents from same exact village and overall fairly poor people and it's not that like they they themselves still had the poor man mentality every single crumb had to be eaten every yeah. like there was no waste of money that something like that just didn't exist and it was inherently bad in our household to waste that type there was of like stuff real humility yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and kind of it's something just as i said it rubbed off and it, like when you are a child you're not even fully conscious yet do you yeah. see what I'm saying? So you're being moulded. Exactly, you're being moulded. so many things. And when you reach the age of 18, like I am, and this happened to me luckily now, but this happens to, at different stages to people, and, you, like, and the inbox is empty, and you're at peace, then it comes, and you're like, wow, so this is why. And I think it's great. Like, if, and you, the, the thing is with me was, I went through, like, I went through what I would consider trauma to some stage. Like I fully lost myself and I I reached actually a certain point where I I was tired of being unhappy. Okay. And when you're tired of being unhappy, you don't give a flying fuck anymore about absolutely nothing. You just want to change what's going on. And for me, that was losing my own self. Okay. So I didn't... So the thing is, when I broke up with my girl, she broke up with me, um, she was a part of me. And when she left, basically my identity became crushed. There was no, there was no more identity to me. Like, and that was the biggest problem. I, I felt like I wasn't whole without that person. Yeah. And the key thing about anything is that you have to be whole by yourself. And the other person is supposed to be just an extension of you, not your other half. Okay. Because yeah. as soon as they're your other half, you, you you lose yourself, but you don't even know. I only know that I was I was I was living in I was basically delusional, all the time, and I like this is why I'm saying like you, these answers only become aware when you are in a state of peace. Would you say it's delusion or just like more of like taking things for granted, like a like a like a mild ignorance on things 100 you know? percent. it's like i don't think it's delusion because so many people get themselves in situations like basically everyone like thinks something they have is better than what it actually is mm-hmm. for some time so maybe it's just like it's uh it's mild ignorance on the on the on what's happening definitely, to what's happening definitely because you know? i wouldn't say it's delusion because I Delusion felt like heavy, I was. Yeah, it's like, it is it's a heavy word. A heavy word. It's a heavy word. It's. Uh... But that's how that's it's, it's like as soon as like these answers like day by day start kicking in, I was thinking, fucking hell! For seventeen years of my life, I was literally living in, like I was not aware of what's going on in my own head. Yeah. Like, yes, I was. I was un. I was like. I was only. I was in limited consciousness. It's like you were functioning on autopilot. Yeah, yeah and I, and I didn't know that the autopilot was on. Okay. That's the thing. Like now, for example, I know when I'm doing something and I'm doing it with the autopilot. And for 17 years of my life, I can say for a fact that I was so used to this autopilot, I didn't know I was an autopilot. And then you, that's, that's the point when you're lost. I assume. Yeah. I mean, the thing, the difference is I haven't really ever meditated, but I, I, I need to try it sometime. I highly recommend. Yeah, the thing is, 
and well, the science behind it. To me. Yeah, I know. And uh, I think that's uh, very important. You explain well. something. There's a release in like DMT. Yeah, in your in you a meditate. place in your in your brain. I can't example. It's in the front of your brain and. Wait, search it. Let's search see what it. Um, Where is DMT pro- produced? In, in the body. The, it's in the brain. It's a pineal gland. Okay. There we go. It's yeah. in your pineal gland. And when you meditate, it, it like your pineal gland actually like wakens up in a bit. And that's why some people like who master meditation are able to go through like transcendent experiences because this chemical reaches high amounts. And then yeah. you see And DMT is a powerful, powerful, powerful chemical. Powerful chemical. Powerful that's why chemical. people take it to have like trips and um, Taking DMT is like the lazy way, basically, of, of people who meditate for 10 years. Yeah. It's a fast-forward meditation. I don't um, think this type this type of things should be called drugs in the same way like Coke is a drug or something. 100%. Uh, because it's not fair to classify them as the same thing. 100%. You take LSD, you're not getting high. No. It's You're, you're tripping. You're tripping. So... I think w- the problem with drugs is that usually drugs have a chemical which addicts you. Yeah. Right. And you don't get addicted to to um, hallucinogens. That's the thing with psychedelics. Yeah. With psychedelics, the thing is, people do get addicted to it, but it's not for the same reason. The way people get addicted to this drug is there's only one actual reason for it, and it's that you enter a trip. Yeah. Usually, certain people, like before the trip, they have a question that they that they want an answer yeah. to. I mean, they leave, I'm- and. The aunt, they, like, there is an answer to that question, but every single answer leads to more questions. Yeah. And this cycle so continues. To... This cycle continues. Okay. Yeah. So, and that is, that is the only, only thing which is, and it's, 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 a, it's not the drug itself, it's just you. Yeah. It's like how you don't get chemically addicted to something like weed. You know, I don't think you can, I don't know, I don't know about it really that much, but I think you can't get chemically addicted to weed but it, you can get addicted to the habit of doing it yeah like maybe all your you were talking about like how, how some people like all their social life revolves around other people that smoke weed exactly, exactly so all they would do is they need to smoke it to be able to socialize with these people exactly you know i mean french culture cigarettes crazy yeah like yeah. like uh i met a girl when i was in london and she 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 like she said that when she was like going to school in Paris, it was just, it was an instinctive thing to do. Like pick up a cigarette. Literally, like, like there was, it's, it was muscle memory. She Mm. said it was muscle memory, open up the packet, taking a cigarette and lighting it. There was no, she said there was at a point, there was no real satisfaction of inhaling this, this drug. Mm. Because it was just so insane. The body got used to it. Yeah. I mean, cigarettes, I know you, you, you're using the drug, like, talk metaphorically, like, cigarettes aren't a drug, but they're really, really bad. Yeah, it's but a cigarette, no. It has stuff that hooks you, like, nicotine. Nicotine is the addictive it, component. Yeah, it's it. a, comp- it has, well, nicotine is the one that really hooks you. Yeah. Then there's loads of shit in cigarettes that actually make it, make them bad for you. Because I think it's... Some people define drugs as things that take you out of your normal state of mind. You know? So tobacco is the actual thing that makes you feel a bit like, like more chill. Yeah, yeah. And it's a leaf, so... I don't think it's a drug because... 
it doesn't change your your state of mind completely. Well, I don't know. I don't know how to say this. It doesn't change your state of mind completely. In that sense, like you're still. Are you talking about cigarettes? Yeah. I mean, you can you can drive and you. Yeah, you can drive you on can, cigarettes. It doesn't. It's it not a that. significant thing. That's why it's legal, right? That's yeah. why it's legal. But, but uh, the health. I think some things deserve to be more. Some things are more deserving of being legal than cigarettes. Yeah, hundred percent. I don't know. I don't know how they're legal. I don't know. <laughs> Weed deserves to be legal before cigarettes. Hundred percent. Cigarettes I don't are know so damaging. So damaging. To like people's lives 100%. in terms of. Um, how much it ruins your lungs, how much it yeah. shortens your life. Yeah. But yet, there's a there's more of a taboo on something like weed. Yeah, I don't know where it really is. It's so so. I think it's just because strange. of like. I think it's the culture from like. Yeah, the I think it's because they maybe. haven't. They hadn't. If they if they were to legalize either or now, like if cigarettes were still banned, were were not um, promoted back in the day, I think weed would be legalized before cigarettes. If they were Maybe. both not legal, if they were both illegal beforehand, you know, mm. at the same time, same period of time. Do you know what it is, though? <clears throat> it's the money. Yeah, cigarettes bring <laughs> bucket loads of money. Money. At the end of the day, that's the sad truth. I was, I was reading about, like, at the start, when they started producing cigarettes, they were telling people it's good for your health. Mm. They told people it's good for your throat. Mm. Bro, like, I remember doctors prescribe doctors used to prescribe cigarettes. <clears throat> that, that but is it. That is it. Yeah. Crazy shit. <laughs> I was. Uh, it was recently I saw this. Like crazy if shit. If you look at the old ads, it's like, take a cigarette. It'll help your throat. Trust me. Like, mad stuff. And then they found out it doesn't. So the companies started hiring actors and like, oh, take a cigarette, you'll be cool. Yeah. yeah people yeah. were still doing that. <clears throat> and then they had to like legally put. Like uh, disgusting pictures on cigarettes. Yeah. And the thing is, that doesn't stop. It doesn't anyone. stop because when the nicotine hook hits you, uh, yeah. there's much you can do to. Definitely, definitely. It's, but I think it's, uh, what is it called? Relapse. It's why people can relapse a lot. It's like also when someone's an alcoholic. Okay. They recommend for them to go sober completely usually. That's like crazy. With, with time. Oh, obviously. time. Yeah, yeah. It's like has to be going to rehab. But the reason they say to go sober is because <clears throat> your relationship to the alcohol has completely changed to what it was beforehand. Yeah. Like someone that's not an alcoholic. Yeah. So what that does is when you go back to tasting it, it's like going back to your drug. Mm. And so you can relapse faster than someone that's never been an alcoholic who just drinks it every once in a while and just enjoys alcohol for what it is yeah. all the time anyways. Um. And I think it's the same with cigarettes, which is why like some people quit like twenty times in their lives. Yeah, they yeah, keep yeah, doing yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I it's I think it's it's also the social factor. Like they are they were heavily heavily, uh, gla- <coughs> glamorized back in the seventies. Yeah. Like all my uncles, I remember, when they went to the military because you had to have t- t- two years military service and probably we came back smoking smoke like it's just like mm. what like all the men they were chilling on your break these men yeah. don't smoke and the thing is craziest part is they didn't even smoke proper cigarettes was it like it was it was it was <coughs> like the thing is they didn't even know it was some dead Russian brand off brand cigarette it okay. wasn't like proper cigarette with like filters or anything bro. I think paper and tobacco bro that's actually better for people I think I don't know it's, can you see like are rolling is rolling tobacco better than cigarettes for people? 
Because I'm not sure, but I think it might be because they don't have all the... It's rolling tobacco better yeah. than cigarettes. Yeah, rolling tobacco better than... Yeah, there is. Roll-ups are at least as oh, harmful shit. As, um, for you as ordinary cigarettes and can cause the same health risks. But I mean, is it as addictive? Maybe. No, it can't be addictive because it has no nicotine. Where's the nicotine? Yeah, yeah but that's what I'm saying. But... I think it's it's to do with the it, smoke. Uh, yeah, it's I think it's the more smoke. the smoke that like yeah, 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 yeah. has health repercussions, but the but nicotine that has for like, example me cooking power. I've never smoked <clears throat> a cigarette, never smoked tobacco, but I've smoked weed. Mm. Why? It is the the only reason. If I'm going to like damage my health, like I'm going to do it. Like I'm going to gain an effect which is worthy of kind of affecting my health if you see what okay, i'm saying so you're taking so, a less less of a net negative yeah exactly exactly yeah. exactly when i smoke weed at least bro like you can feel shit happening do you see what i'm mm-hmm. saying and it's and it's long like my first like what like some of my trips lasted like trips like my highs like my high highs were like two hours long like if you smoke a cigarette apparently it's like two or three five minutes and then after like yeah after like another 20 minutes these men are pulling out another cigarette yeah huh. so it's just a waste <clears throat> of money a waste of your health you're, you're killing yourself slowly mm. <sighs> yeah it's not good <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't think uh, I don't see myself smoking hopefully I've I've surpassed the peer pressure age I th- hopefully I and mean, I don't know I mean you are at university I am it's but uh, also, I, there's already been so much motivation, not by me, but by other people, for me to do it. Yeah, yeah. Like, and if I've been at parties, I've been at, like, um, events, and ev- so many people want to either smoke cigarettes or weed. And I, I, don't, I don't have much against weed, as in, but I don't smoke it. As I don't smoke No, I get you, I get you, I get you. But I think it's it's less harmful than cigarettes. I think there's 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 research showing that. I think it they does should help the re- but people. they should like legalize they should legalize weed as soon as possible. Yeah, that's so many places. It will stop a lot of crime. I think and even you, also you'll be able to tax it as well. Yeah, and you make money. I don't like, really see like what's going on with these governments, they're just sleeping, that you can make money, you can you could decrease crime which will make you even more money. Because mm. you're not sending all these policemen everywhere all the time. Like in London, stopping searches is just it's just off the roof. More for knife crime, but for drugs as well. Like, like if if you legalize this, you don't have to have these stopping searches for drugs. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? And at the end of the day, like weed is, it's everywhere. It is everywhere. Literally yeah. everywhere. You can go around the corner and buy weed. This is what I'm saying. So, like, if if you are able to legalize it, you're able to have control over it. You're able to take money over it. Like, I don't know, man. I don't think... I think it's just these, like, old politicians with this taboo nature, like, they have been inherently told that weed is this bad thing for these hippies which don't give a fuck about life. (laughs) (laughs) I think... I I mean, from both standpoints, whether you're... Uh, whether you're conservative or liberal, I think in for both those camps, it would make sense to legalize it. I think, I'm pretty sure it too. Does, like, even for like the 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 people that are on the extreme, like very Republican or very conservative. Yeah. Right. 
I think it would still make sense to legalize weed because then you can control it yeah. for those that believe that it's not a good thing. Yeah, definitely. But I think uh, you can't... It's hypocritical to believe alcohol should be legal and weed shouldn't. It's like, for me, for me at least, anything, <clears throat> it's everything is legal, like with these drugs, or nothing is. It's like the same, like a tobacco, you know, it's just a leaf, right? Mm. The same thing, DMT, it's a chemical, it's, it's created in your brain, why can't we consume it? A lot of people have that mm. argument. Um, it's <clears throat> it's naturally, it's a naturally occurring drug in like a lot of animals, like people, it's like in toad venom or something yeah, like that. Yeah, like people DM. get toad venom and then Yeah, yeah, it. yeah, it's... You know, there's thousands of arguments for all these all these drugs. Some of them are just inherently bad, like heroin or cocaine. I mean, heroin is really yeah. Really like, like heroin is like heroin is like red. it's it's so similar to morphine, isn't it? I'm not. Oh, morphine's the morphine's anti uh, anti pain. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, think yeah. heroin's very similar, which is why people have the uh, the uh, people like to take it. Heroin. Uh, <clears throat> effect. What does it actually do? I think it's very close to morphine. I can't spell her. I think it's very close to morphine. Drug addiction. Oh, NHS, you're not helping us, are you? Hmm. Let's see. Yeah. What are the immediate short-term effects? Oh, it's an, is it an opioid? Like... Opioids can depress, depress breathing by changing neurochemical activity in the brainstem. Okay. Where automatic body functions <coughs> such as breathing and heart rate are controlled. I think heroin is pain is mess. close to just write is heroin like morphine? See what comes up. <coughs> is heroin like morphine? Mm, morphine? No, not morphine. Is it like morphine? Because I know it's not, but it's it's very very close in the effect it has what's the difference between heroin fentanyl, fentanyl morphine and oxycodone oxy ah oh, this is a long article just see so morphine is a naturally occurring occurring substance derived from the opium poppy plants um, everything's plants bro everything yeah. all these drugs and heroin plants. is processed from morphine there you go interested so morphine should be legal the reason these two are really really bad is how powerful their like effect is they're way too powerful like if they take you at hospital they need to keep checking you to make sure okay if you've been on morphine they need to make sure you're not yeah, going, yeah, yeah. doing heroin do you know what i find interesting i like of course i've been reading sapiens isn't it okay and it's like it talks about like the start of like our species and most of our species were not hunters, actually, but we were foragers. What is that? And foragers are people who just gather, gather like, they scavenge through, like, the woods. Pick okay. up mushrooms, uh, berries. Oh, so and did we stuff. end up eating loads of psychedelics? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And that's, that is, like, that is apparently how things like religion I, and creativity you know? has, like, stemmed <clears throat> from. Because, <clears throat> because, like, it was like this. You, you see this new plant, you need to try it. Yeah. And this person dies from taking this, okay, we're not going to take yeah. this. Yeah. This guy takes this, this like, drinks some fucking told venom. Oh, shit. He's like, and he's like, guys, thing. guys, take this, like, uh, this, this told venom. And, and then all from a sudden, you see, like, these statues of, like, a lion king and something. Yeah. And where, where from? I mean, it has to be from somewhere. <laughs> but I think uh, the mushroom you're talking about is psilocybin. Yeah. Psilocybin mushrooms. 
those are the magic mushrooms that people yeah, talk yeah, about all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those give trips as well. Yeah, they do. And <clears throat> there, was, there was a tiny study made. And it, the reason I, I mention it's tiny is because it was actually a really small study. Okay. But it had very... It had an overwhelmingly um, positive outcome. Mm-hmm. So what they did was they gave psilocybin to these people and the aim of the experiment was for these 40 people to stop smoking cigarettes. Okay. They took psilocybin one or two doses yeah. and never smoked again. Ooh. They, just, they, they didn't even have withdrawal symptoms. Really? Now, that sounds promising, but I think they should do a bigger... Study. I mean, no, no, psilocybin, and if they have a mystical experience, they stop smoking. Okay. Not if they take psilocybin and have nothing. <laughs> yeah, 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 they, yeah. When they've had that mystical-ish experience, yeah. they stop smoking. But that's a small study, and I think it's important to say that it's small. Yeah. 40 people, you don't get much. If you do it with 40,000 people, that's a different... But you're not going to get 40,000 people to Definitely. take shrooms. Like <laughs> it's... Uh, what is this? Peter? No, because I was just checking if what was the first pop. The first pop was Peter. Okay. Simple, so okay. I was wrong. That's <laughs> fine. This is uh, why I like this is why I like podcasts and like you learn a lot. no, you can you can also like search and correct yourself yeah, during yeah, 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 during yeah, yeah. a discussion. I think it's quite I mean cool. I only got like a five in my RE, which is like oof. Bro, like a C, I've so. never done. I've never done RE. I was not. RE the best. stands for like religious studies, and it's a very British it's school a British thing. Subject, yeah. Yeah. It's a European thing. Right? Do they? Right. I don't think they do it in France because they're like um, France is completely. Um, just they have like the word is laïque, which means so no religion and politics. Yeah, no religion and no religion education no religion I think that's actually thing. a good idea it's like no opinion on it because like yeah they don't talk about it much but if it comes up as a historical thing that yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, that's very good in my opinion yeah I know. because you learn like I'm pissed because I think rather than Ari there should have been like proper philosophy Theolo- no theology they should just call it theology which yeah, is okay. like, because philosophy I think is too much philosophy is too in depth yeah it's too like much for 16 year olds 100% 100% 100% but theology is just like like it's kind of it is it's a it's a it's a sub-genre of philosophy of religion right? yeah and I think that that's good because you still have to learn about this religion but it gives a bit of spice do you see what I'm saying yeah you get nuance yeah because you yeah. get to see it from a holistic point of exactly. view exactly no bias like if you're in a Catholic school when they speak like they're going to inherently know way more about Christianity Christianity and they're going to say like better things but like uh, I was reading like the book uh, The New Earth and like okay. some of the things that like Buddha said and did, mm-hmm. extremely wise stuff. Like, yeah. and you know, I'm like 18, I'm, I'm really reading about how wise of a man Buddha was, for example. Yeah, you're telling me about Buddha, like, he's, he wasn't any he wasn't any deity, he was just like a really wise man. Yeah, but right? like, this is the story like, he was extremely rich. Like, he like when he was born, he was like, he was a part of like, like, like he was. His father was a king or something like that. God knows. What. Okay. And um, his dad was like, uh, like his dad was like, I'm not going to let you go out to see the actual real world because he was scared of all the pain and all the fear and all the anger that is inherently born within us humanity, like the suffering, the negative, yeah. like the negative side, like, and 
he was he he just became like as I was talking about there was only this short term happiness with him there was no like uh, full contentness so one day he was just like fuck it man's gonna run away from this from this castle he ran away and he saw like what was going on poor people beggars and everything and he he was he was just shocked he was shocked mm. and I'm pretty sure he ran back and then a few months later. He ran, like he 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 ran away, and this time he met a like a wise man, a spiritual man, and he said something to him, and it was it was something, uh, it was it was just some very very wise stuff, and since that day he never came back. He like he dropped everything, all his money, all his possessions, and and extremely spiritual, and he became Buddha, and. It, he I like I can't on the top of my head tell you some of the stuff he said but like he you know he talks about like pain and like how it's just it's normal and it's a part of this world and it is going to happen and you have to and also like us humans uh, we're inherently selfish for example all of that stuff yeah well we're, in, we're inherently selfish and we have a big big confirmation bias mm as a human which is why like if for example many people if you're born into a certain religion you you stay in it your whole life yeah that's bad like yeah, I'm a okay. I'm a catholic christian but, but like, I but I take a lot of what like buddhism says like yeah, with a thumbs up and I agree like you have thought about these things right and yeah you've thought about them whilst trying as much as possible to disregard and discard your confirmation bias towards mm-hmm. your own religion right mm-hmm. I think that's important because our brain is programmed to have like to be um, to be selfish I mean it it serves us it helps us that our brain is selfish mm-hmm. and uh, so that's why uh, the greed manifests itself physically after that I um, think it's incredible that what I find just in general incredible that there were these very aware People. people back in 2000 years ago like uh, like Jesus Buddha uh, Prophet Muhammad yeah like and they were able to say like extremely wise like these things and they were able to like detach themselves from like the norm and that's why that's why people like like this thing all there was like everything that they basically said in all of these things are all metaphors do you see what I'm saying what I think is like yeah, but like, I do see what you're saying. Like, um, the um, the Buddha story is really nice because it's like. I think this is the best quote. He's a man amongst men, but yeah, a wise man yeah, yeah, yeah. Men. and he is a man. He's not considered a god, and yeah. that's that's also very cool because, in in essence, we can become like him. Do you see? What I'm saying what yeah. with the, with. I think you can reach a state state of mindfulness. Yeah, just like him. Exactly, and that's why all these people go to like Nepal and, and Tibet, because you can be just like Buddha in a sense. He is mm. like like He's you can't man. be like Jesus. He like like in the Bible it says that this is this is God in the in in human form, right? He, yeah, like the still tr- God. The Trinity. Yeah. Right. Well, look, the root of suffering is attachment. Okay, that and comes back to what you like meditated about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like and. It's it's it is facts like and, and this is not even just with attachment in the types of like relationships, 
But like even your phone, for example, yeah, you get attached to a physical object, just a piece of technology. Like, the phone. phone, the phone is they they purposely try to attach you to it. And yeah, it's so that's true. effective. They get such clever people. It's some of the smartest engineers on the planet are working on getting you hooked on your phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so, social scientists working on it. And when basically everyone's hooked on their phone, that's how you know these people are really, really clever. Because mm-hmm. you have more people, I think they're more, I don't know about this, but I think there are more people with phone addiction than almost any other It's the addiction. worst addiction in the world. because It's, it's so not hard like, to like, yeah, 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 get yeah. away from. That's why I deleted like, most of my socials because <clears throat> I know like, I think there's a series on Netflix. Yeah, the social di- dilemma. Social dilemma. Yeah, 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 and um, I watched that and I was like, "Raw, this is like." The, the thing is, I knew half of this stuff, but it just yeah. didn't sink in. Yeah, like the thing is, I already know. Like, it makes sense intuitively. Like, it makes sense um, if you think about it that your phone is made to be addictive, right? Yeah. Because you just think like, how are the companies going to make money if it's not addictive? If mm-hmm. someone can go, oh, I, I, I don't need the phones anymore. I just stop buying. You lose a lot of regular clients, you know. Mm. Um, so, so they have a requirement to make phones addictive and technology addictive. But I, I sort of used the addiction. In a, I tried to use the addiction in a positive way in the past year and a half, two years. Okay. Like, um, so what I was doing is I, I shifted to, I use my iPad for all my notes. Yeah. And all my studies. Yeah. And I spent... I can say if I average out all the time I spent on my iPad a day for one year and a half, mm-hmm. it would be maybe eight to nine hours a day on my iPad. One of those hours is YouTube and Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And whenever I have a show, it bumps up a bit. Whenever I have a show I want to finish, it goes up a bit. Yeah. And then it decreases again. But the rest of it is all productivity. It's, That's very it's good. all making notes, working on math, working on physics, doing the stuff I like. Sometimes I just uh, try to do my own little derivations. So it's, I've tried to use it in a productive way because yeah. I've used it in an unproductive way for so long. Exactly. Yeah, and you can get so carried away with tech so quickly. 100%. It's fantastic, but like, like it, it, just like with everything, we humans, like these famous people who are revolutionizing the world, their intentions are always good. And like, Ooh, like... I don't know if intentions are always... No, but oh, like, okay, you mean like... um, They think what they're doing about, is like, right. Engineers and no, stuff. No, I'm talking like... I'm talking even a person like Hitler. If you go and ask him, like, do you think what you're doing is right? He will say yes. He, will, he, will, he genuinely people, has convinced himself that what he's doing is right and he is making the world a better place. People do what they think is right. Yes. It doesn't, like... Don't get me wrong, he's still brainwashed, or, or but... What they think is... Yeah, what they think is right. What they think is right. What they think is right, yes. Like, um, I, obviously there's a difference for... Is it? Do you think there'd be a difference for, like, psychopaths? Because they don't really care whether what they're doing is right or not. But no, but the psychopaths may still... F- they're completely detached from emotion. Oh, okay. Psychopaths do not have a shred of, like, empathy... Or okay. sympathy within them, like they okay, just okay. It, uh, it. I don't know the exact difference between sociopath and psychopath, but I'm talking about the more extreme case, which is psychop psychopathy. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, psychopaths are one percent of the population, or something like that. That's a very that's, large number. That's a lot. That's a lot of people. You've probably met a psychopath in your life. I would say in 
relatively small portions i would consider i would i used to consider myself as a psychopath no, myself no. like no but i'm deadly serious people like all these all these people that i've like uh like all these re- like relationships and like friends and family mm. people used to always ask me like bro you're never sad yeah it's you're not like- you're not like you and like I think it was more on the on the spectrum of sadness. Like people think, like I just, like people genuinely thought I just didn't care about anything. Yeah, and I understand that. I can sometimes I was like, fuck, there must be something wrong with me, and I'm searching up. Like mm. people who know who like, don't experience like extreme emotion or like like proper like emotions. I think my spectrum of emotion is it's probably the same as everyone else's, but I haven't experienced. The, I haven't experienced I'm happy I'm lucky I haven't experienced much sadness in my life yeah and I haven't experienced I don't experience happiness in such an intense way where I'd like you'd physically see it manifest itself on my face or, yeah like when I'm buzzing it'll be like oh he's he's, he's okay he's, he's smart he's like happy he's going yeah, on yeah. but I don't get extremely happy so someone can go oh he's he's fucking yeah, loving yeah. something you know so I've had he the same. fall in love. Ha- no, you're I've, laughing. I've you're laughing. The... But when you fall in love, I promise to you, like your brain, like if you're not you extremely go, hey, cautious, right, if you don't, if you're not extremely cautious, you you go through the like this crazy like stage of euphoria, and this is like chemically proven. You release the same chemicals in your brain when you're in a like at the start of a romantic relationship, and like, if you're mm. taking cocaine. You feel like you are high on cocaine when you like reach romantic level of love, yeah. and that's what that's the most interesting part is that, like our society thinks that like romanticism is this very good thing, and, like Romeo and Juliet. Okay. You have you read that? Do you you, you do you know overall what's it about? I mean, I sort of know like, the basics. Yeah, yeah. So like, let's just say this. Like overall, there's a girl and a boy. They fall in love, crazy romantic love, guitars, flowers. Don't leave me. Well, yeah, that the stuff. Whole, the whole thing. Yeah, and they both kill that. So um, was it the dice first? So one of them dies. No, no. One of them like takes something, but doesn't like tries to kill themselves, but it doesn't. The other person thought they killed themselves, so, so they kill themselves. And they woke up. Yeah, it's it's and basically Shakespeare wrote that. The more like. To basically tell people, this is bad. Stay away from it. Mm. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, this was a warning for... Was that his intention? That was his intention. This was not supposed to be a a glamorous, oh my God, love is so beautiful type of thing. This was his exclamation mark to say, run away. Do you see, this is not... This is not real love. This is romantic love, which just fucks up your brain cells, basically. And, like, romantic love can stem into real love. I mean, I think... That's but it doesn't mean it's still right. Like this is still dangerous. It's extremely dangerous. You know when they say like fantasy, so it's like fantastic romantic love. Like it goes into fantasy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic realm. Yeah. But I think romantic love itself, like just being a good person to your partner, enjoying your time with them, that's a different thing. I mean, no, 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 definitely. Uh, because the reason so many marriages like fall apart as well. First of all, it's so easy to get a divorce in places like America. I mean, it's divorce so, so is, easy to get just, a divorce. It's, in it's actually a joke. In somewhere like in America, and fifty percent of marriages are broken. Yeah. end up as a divorce in America, anyways. That's but very true. 
And the thing with that is people also, they, it's like, you it's try overrated. so hard. I see. You try so hard to get into a relationship with someone yeah. and get married with them. What makes you think you have to stop trying completely yeah, after the marriage? Yeah, yeah. You know? I think that's what as that's I always why say. So many, it's when the journey starts, really. Yeah, like you Do need you to continue. Like, at least if you're not doing it at the same frequency, yeah, you're not doing it at the same intensity. Yeah, at least make a consistent effort to keep the romance there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I the mean, romantic part of the relationship as long as possible. Hundred percent. Think. Look, I'm not saying like romantic love saying. is bad. Mm. I'm just saying that it's dangerous and it's overrated. Like maybe it's not over it, but it is dangerous. It's it's dangerous, and why why the reason why I say it is overrated is because of Hollywood. Maybe possibly. And like Hollywood movies. Hollywood has has shown like basically Hollywood doesn't show the 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 actual important parts of a romantic point. relationship, yeah. which is the sitting down and crying in bed because you man are having a real serious conversation about your core values. Okay. And that is. Yeah, if, you're talking if, about that exactly, and like the root, the the only thing, the only actual thing that you need for a relationship to work, like is consistency and, and to have and shared core values. Mm. Romantic love, as much as it's fantastic and giving someone flowers and taking them on a date, is extremely nice, and from time to time, it definitely boosts like like the, the relationship. Obvious. The core, the core of it is core values and like like consistently reflecting and um speaking and like being on the same wavelength all the time as soon as one diverges from the other shit hits the fan faster than you ever fucking think and i am i am i am like myself I would say that there was just a point where like my life was extremely like it was I, i i lost full control of everything i was doing exams i came back home um for christmas and i have a two-year-old brother and like i was all around the house trying to help my mother and everything and i was just so fucking like just busy busy and i didn't and i didn't like i forgot basically in a sense that like sitting down and having a conversation and appreciating each other's core values or identifying them or trying to find the middle ground is that is the thing it's not that it's not the date which will help it in the long run most of the time it actually it kind of hides it in a sense like you may have problems right Mm -hmm. and oh i'll take her on a date and it will solve things yeah that's yeah, not it's, like it's like a short. It's like putting a sticker on, uh, putting a plaster on. Yeah, a yeah, wound exactly. And, it's. And, and, it I don't know. That that's that's at least my theory. From like like I read a book called Attachment as well. I like I didn't read it, but I researched it. Sorry, and it talks about like four like there's four main attachment styles, and I read also this book called The Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. Yeah, I saw and I saw an interview with it's. Him. It's a fan. It's such a fantastic book because, like, that's where my like it's his um like philosophy comes from stoicism, okay. from Marcus Marcus Aphelius, okay. and he was a he was a Greek philosopher, and the whole point of stoicism is basically, not to give a fuck, about mm-hmm. and when you do give a fuck, make sure that that 
it's it's worth giving a fuck about because okay. most of the time so us humans it causes a value hierarchy of what you really really yes yes to. yes yes and it's the same thing like in a relationship for example what do you, you need to really specify what you guys actually give a fuck about together like, exactly like mm. like like the girl like she sit down and ask herself like do you really give a fuck about these flowers or the guy sits down and do you really care, like do you care about the sex or do you actually care about this person do you see what i'm mm. saying mm. and um choose basically choose what you give a fuck extremely wisely because if you if you don't pick them right then you can you can get yourself into uh, you can <clears throat> cause yourself more pain than you need to as well yeah well i think what you say about core values is essential i think essential. it's really really important yeah because once you share core values you can get past a lot of um downfalls in your significant other's personality yeah because you can get past that because the bedrock of your relationship is really set properly yeah. and it's based on the same stuff. Yeah, yeah, why yeah, yeah. People that marry from... Well, I don't know if... I don't know the exact stats and I don't know whether this is actually uh, a, a valid hypothesis for me to make or a valid assumption, but I'd assume that people that are married from the same religion end up staying together longer. It's easier. Because of... It's easier. Because... The religion has already given them yeah, the, the values. values that they're going to well uphold and also um, give to their children yeah. and people around them. Yeah, because they're going to also they have the cultural similarities in terms of they'll go to church at the same time. Definitely, they would treat they'll at least treat people in a way that looks similar. Yeah, in some yeah, sense, yeah. you know, like a way that approximates to something that would be um, in the same, what would, you, what would you classify it? It would be something... Same idea. In the same domain. Domain, of, ideology of thinking. Yeah. Something I mean, like that. I would say, do you know what? It, it, that's true. But like reverse psychology, this, I feel like if I'm like, I'm like a Muslim and a, like and, a, and a Christian are able to basically selfishly identify their core values mm. then they are like i feel like they're gonna 100 percent work because it's like if well, you're if you're like overcoming overcoming like these basically um if you're overcoming all the the different the disparities between exactly exactly then and you do both identify that you do have these like core values that you both believe in even terms. though you're from different religions then yeah. Like, I'm, not denying, you guys. I'm not denying the fact that it would work and I think it can work. Of course it can but work. But I'm saying probably the most effective marriages are the ones of uh, people from same religion. Same I think religion. A, that's possibly the ones that last longest. I, I don't know whether it's the ones that produce the best children or whatever, but I think may, maybe, it's <laughs> the one, maybe it's the uh, one that lasts the longest. Because Culture of, is yeah, well. Just because of how similar they would be in terms of yeah. how they operate and what they like and what they dislike. Yeah, you know? I agree. Um, but it's also for the for the Muslim thing, you know, like a, a a Muslim, I think a Muslim woman has can't marry a Christian man. Is it not like it's not allowed? Man. They have to. The man has to convert to Islam, oh. so that the children are Muslim. Because if not, it's not in the benefit. If not, the children won't be Muslim, which isn't good, okay. in terms of, in terms of. Uh, 
uh, the propagation of the religion. You know, that's not the best. Yeah, but I mean, so many people don't actually just go ahead without having their husbands convert. Just, I think that's good. That, because like, like, it's, his, a lot it's of people, the man's decision. A lot of people do it. Yeah, but like um, a lot of times that's the no-go. That's the reason that people won't get married. Some Someone just like, they're like, oh, he's not going to convert. I'm not going to get married. And yes, actually just don't. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it happens a lot. But that's bad. That's bad. But in a sense, it's good. Like, that's what I'm saying. The problem is, like, when something happens, you inherit, you think of something bad that's good. But I think, in essence, if the, if, the, if the person decides that she doesn't want to get married with you on the pure basis that you don't want to convert religion because it's generally something you don't believe in, then yeah. it's probably a good thing that she fucked off. Because and in the, the long the, run, you guys will have yeah, to Yeah, there will probably be so many conflicts. So, like, if, this is this is what I'm trying to say. Like, if both... Like, I think both everything ends, stems from... a pra- Not everything, but a lot of things in religion stem from a practical and pragmatic uh, uh, root. Yeah. Like, it's like how, how Jewish people can't eat sh- couldn't eat shellfish. Oh, it, yeah, yeah. It stems from the fact that some shellfish look exactly the same as non-poisonous shellfish where you can eat it and die. <laughs> on the spot you just die so I think that's why they just banned all of it they're like you know what because of the fact that it's you can die and we want to keep our numbers strong let's just say all shellfish is banned we can't eat any shellfish maybe that will help us out in the long run mm. you know because there isn't the need for there, there isn't the need to risk your life over something you have no idea is going to oh, yeah, kill that's you true, that's not. true that's true you know do you know what's interesting though because um Islam is the younger religion compared to Christianity. Yeah, it's like 1,400 or yeah, yeah, yeah. something. But somehow, Christianity has no actual like yes or no's to any food. It's one of the only okay. ones. Because and Islam think, does. But Judaism is the oldest one. Exactly. And they, it it's does like have Christianity well. is like this anomaly when it comes to terms of food. I think it's because it's the one that was most westernized. You know? Yeah, probably. It was the one that took off the most in the West, so they yeah. had to like reform it to fit in with the yeah, with but the in lifestyle maybe possibly. I'm not I'm sure. Not sure. I'm not but sure it, well. it it might have like the reason is I think what Christianity does it gives you like it's like when you start a project and you have a um, template and you fill in the template yourself. Mm. It doesn't tell you exactly what to do. It gives you an overview of what you yeah. should be doing, and then you do it the way you do it. You know? So, but from from my knowledge, like, in in Islam, it's like you can't eat pork because back in the days, pork was like considered like the pig was considered like uh, an unhealthy animal because it didn't sweat. Let's let's see it. Let's see and it. That's and like uh, now that we have like freezers and fridges and technology, so why can't Muslims eat pork? It's there. Pigs are described uh, in this section as prohibited because they have a clo- cloven hoof but don't chew their cud. Okay. And the pig... Because... It, what? I think it has to do... Okay, I think they're talking about the neck. I don't know. It's possible. Because... I've heard of that sentence Because, before, you know, if, if something is halal, you have to cut it yeah, from the yeah, neck. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, pigs yeah, don't yeah, have, yeah. like, proper necks as per so that's one of the reasons i mean there's a more in-depth reason but i'm not sure 
Um, he says Islam's holy book, the Quran makes it clear that one cannot sell or even touch book. Absolutely no, he says he is forbidden. We cannot. Ah, yeah, interesting. Yeah. So, have you found out why, or does it just not? It's it. There's there's it's something about a cloven hoof. Let me see what a cloven hoof. Cloven. Cloven hoof is. Meaning. Uh, oh, those. Oh, what? So apparently they can't. You can't. Guys can't. Like Muslims can't eat animals because of like the type of feet no, they have. No, because cattle is there. And people oh, can yeah, eat cows. example. So what what does that have to do with? <laughs> that just makes me there's significance in Judaism. I, it's the same thing with Judaism, I guess. Oh yeah, I think the Jews don't eat pork either. Like, do no, they, they don't. Eat. It's kosher. Yeah. Yeah, it's not kosher. You mean? Yeah, it's not kosher. Sorry. Yeah. Damn. Okay. Something about this cloven hoof. I'll have to oh, put yes. more research into that. Yeah, that's, that's, I think that's very well, interesting. What I remember is. I think the the pragmatic reason the way like uh, Jews don't eat shellfish is because it was it was a it was a dirty animal at the time and there was nothing. Yeah, you that's could what do. I. That's what I. Like, that's There's what nothing I was you told. could do to treat it. So instead of risking people dying, you just ban the food completely. Yeah, it, yeah, no, that was very intelligent at that time. It makes logical sense for the time. Hundred you know? percent. Like that was, I think, they were saving people's lives. But now mm. this is what I'm saying. Like, these scriptures are a bit, they're a bit old and like. I don't feel like, like biologically eating pork right now is not the bad, the worst thing ever if it's well made. Yeah. Like apparently it's it's, it's, it's like it's it, apparently like the chance of getting cancer from pork is is like, like percentage higher than beef or chicken, but it's still in like the tiny percentages. Yeah. And you stats are manipulated in a certain way. So okay. that, like, you can see them in the news so that they scare you, right? So they okay. have an impact on you. Mm-hmm. So, like, this is why I don't really read, like, the news, because it's, it's, it's just there. It's all propaganda. Like It's not really... It's not propaganda. It's just... Uh, not propaganda. Fully, there's... You feel... There's an agenda They're trying to make behind. money. They're trying to make money at yeah. the end of the day, and they're trying to... It makes sense to pick a side when you can make money exactly. by picking a side. Exactly, you know? exactly, exactly. So... I think I'd rather speak to like a like a like a scientist who's done his research and given than. his unbiased opinion on on it. Yeah. Than reading but from BBC like, news. Like what I was thinking is it's so it's so hard to actually find how you access unbiased information. It's so hard to access unbiased information, That's except if true. you know the source of That's where you, the source of unbiased information. So if you go up looking for a stat that goes against the media narrative. Yeah. It'll be so hard to find. You have to do it yourself, that. truly. Yeah. You have to either do it yourself or find someone that speaks about it on YouTube or yeah. find someone that says something about it's it somewhere hard. or find it on it's a blog or something. It's basically anything which is not mainstream. Yeah. Like, look, today, mm. we were buying SafeMoon. Mm. SafeMoon is not a mainstream cryptocurrency, right? Mm. It, took, it took me a fucking hour to buy this crypto. Like, I had to go through, like, we had to go through some stupid processes. You haven't even bought it yet. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's still, it's, like, it's, you have to convert, like, one crypto to the other, send it to a different wallet, buy it through some weird ass, uh, like, exchange. And, like, things which are just not mainstream are just so, like, I very think, unaccessible. I think the media is going to, mainstream media will die off soon. In what sense, like, 
Already like, people don't watch it. Like young people don't watch yeah, it. Yeah, well, young people don't watch the news as much, definitely. Young people don't watch the news because they find it really irritating. It is annoying. To watch the news now. Yeah. Because before, what journalism is, is you go in and you ask as incisive questions as you possibly can to get as much detail and as much mm. uh, in the most concise manner, and then you leave. So it's, it's a form of intellectual curiosity, right? Yeah. Yeah. So as I was saying, like, journalism was a form of intellectual curiosity to get to an answer, to get mm-hmm, to a mm-hmm, truth, mm-hmm. essentially. But it's changed. Like, people ask very agenda-based questions now. It's like... You, you try to corner someone into the image you've already molded of them. Yeah. You know, rather than try to talk to this person to find out who they are. Yeah. Or yeah, find yeah, out what yeah, their yeah. ideas are. You corner them into who you think they are and you propagate that image of them. Yeah. So if the media wants to screw your person, like when I say person, I mean like your personhood, your person. When they want to screw your person, they can do it easily. Yeah. Because they can just find, they can pick and choose things that you've said. And then build that persona around you, mm. and then make an interview with you, and you can Ask speak for an questions. hour. You can speak for an hour. They can cut it into a ten-minute thing, yeah. and say, "Oh, it's an edited interview." But already, no one reads the fine print. Yeah, so they're yeah, like, oh, yeah. this is the interview. That's very ten true. minutes long of you saying outrageous shit. That's very right? true. <laughs> Instead of the whole hour where, like, you say something outrageous, and then, and you, then you talk change. about yeah, why you yeah, said that yeah, outrageous, yeah. Facts, why you made the outrageous claim, right? And, and and what happened like if you see what happened with Trump and the CNN is crazy okay. because when the CNN during Trump's presidency I don't think there was one day the CNN didn't talk about Trump and listen not one hour as, as, bad, as bad as someone is yeah. if they claim Trump is that bad as bad as someone is can you talk about is someone completely everything bad is it possible for someone to be all bad? If you're just speaking about him all the time. No, like, just in general. Everyone's a mix of bad and good. Yeah, Everyone has yeah, yeah. positive attributes and negative attributes. But have you seen anyone ever in your life that's only all bad? That's all bad, 100% bad, as, as the media would portray I have to be. N- not really. I don't, not think, really. I don't think people like that exist. Okay. Like... Maybe they're ninety nine percent bad, but yeah, yeah, yeah. over four years, how many? If you let's say, if we took how many positive stories come out about Trump, Not I don't many. think there'd be that many. Not many. I mean, I I wouldn't have many positive stories about him either. I don't know. Maybe I would. Maybe I wouldn't. Yeah. Like it depends on what he's There's doing. There's definitely more bad stories and overall, way more bad stories. An more. overwhelming majority of Rapist, bad stories than like sex, like um, yeah, so many claims about him. Yeah. So yeah. But I don't know. I think... Um, and you, their ratings went up because they always had something to talk about. Mm. As soon as Trump left, ratings dipped mm. for the CNN because now they have to hunt for Trump. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. they still hunt for stuff like, oh, what's happening at the border? Oh, it's because of Trump's regime, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it's like... What is he doing now? Uh, he's, he's like in hibernation sitting in this Trump hotel or something. I think he's starting to campaign. He wants to run for President again. 2020, is it four? 2024. But I don't know because they're both old. They're both really yeah. old. Biden and Trump are so old. Yeah. So. But Biden's hella old. Like, he but looks Biden's old like three as years well. older like, than that Trump. That guy at least has yellow hair. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Or, or <laughs> yellow, uh, yellow thin ass hair. Bro, his hair but, is weird as fuck. Yeah, but Biden, like. I think 
they're protecting Biden as well. This water is kind of weird, but I drink it anyways. We need the water. Right. It, it takes it tastes like metallic. I think mm. it's because of the. Do you see the what I'm saying? Yeah. It's yeah. Best, so, like, uh, I think Biden's being protected sometimes. Because they cut the conferences short before they ask questions and all that mm. sort of stuff. I don't know. I don't know much about... Maybe teenagers and young people don't like that stuff because they want to find out. They want well, the thing is, they don't know that they They don't know people, this is happening. They don't know that this stuff is being cut out, whether it's the like, positives or the negatives of the person. Yeah, like, they just take it as as it is and believe exactly. that's who the person is. Exactly, right? exactly, exactly, exactly. So, I don't really... It doesn't help out when no. when people are being sneaky. No. Yeah. I feel like it's, as I said before, like to you, is that it's all about getting someone addicted. If it's the news, if it's McDonald's, if it's Pornhub, if it's Instagram, mm. their main aim is to get you addicted, yeah. to get that, and that is where the big money comes from. Yep. If you can make an app, if you can make porn look like a fantasy if you can like make this food taste crazy amazing you're winning yeah. and and sadly these people as i said they employ the social scientists to to, to see where our psychological weaknesses are abuse mm. abuse it create um and you get these products and services which absolutely finesse you and mm. you don't even know like most people don't this is most people don't know they're addicted to their phones they don't check their screen time they look it's like 12 hours oh my god but well, what yeah. do they do the next day they carry on and it just doesn't spark the thing the same with america america's obesity rate of the you know the uk is the second most bro like so uk has the second highest obesity rate i think in the world but you know everything in america is so much bigger i was like looking at comparisons McDonald's here is so tiny relative to McDonald's. Like in terms of like seats inside. In terms of like size of products. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. They have so many more fries. Their fries are like yellow because they're full of random shit. Fries in the UK are just fries, salt, like some like one or two other things, right? But fries in the US, McDonald's fries in the US are full of loads of shit. You know the EU banned American meat, American beef. Because they were pumping it, uh, I think Americans were pumping American beef with testosterone to make them like grow bigger and oh bigger. Oh my goodness. Right? And so what happened, they thought, okay, the animal's going to grow bigger and bigger, testosterone's going to like level out again mm. when they're big, and then we're going to cook them the way mm-hmm. you'd cook a, a, a cow anyways. What ended up happening is women started growing facial hair a lot in America. And so Europeans were like, What's, what is happening? And they found out it was about the testosterone levels in the cows no way. And, and the chicken and everything. Bro. So they, they blocked American beef and chicken to the yeah. European Union That's and to crazy. the UK now. Like, I don't know if the UK is going to change that because now they're out of the EU. I don't know if they're going to change it. I don't know what's going to go with this country. Uh, to this day, I'm just so, so confused. Like, I don't know, from an economic span standpoint, bad mm. decision, right? I, I, I'm not really, I'm not, I mean like trade, I don't know enough yeah, to, yeah, yeah, but from what it seems like, trade is just going to be so much harder, like even with these vaccines, like, yeah, like I remember, the, go the on, the UK was the country that really pushed the vaccine 
Um, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. In all of Europe, the yeah. UK was the hardest worker on the vaccine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. of Oxford. Yeah, because they have like massive, they have really big good research, big research. research facilities. No, I mean, like, the best education I think they blow the it out. They blow out most countries by far. Yeah, definitely. But, and it's not even close. Like, America, like, is America close has by... a few good unis. Like, America's good unis are exceptionally unis. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, America's good unis are very, very good. But America's, like, unis as a whole, all their unis, including oh, yeah, college, in that sense, yes. aren't that good. Yes. UK's unis are consistently good universities. That is true. The same with Canada. Canada's universities are at uh, all a decent level. Okay. Yeah. So the UK really worked really hard on the vaccine. And uh, I think, so we're talking about how it, how it would affect the economy. I was saying, I was saying how these guys, there was a point where within the UK, we, they ran out of vaccines. Yeah. So they needed the vaccines from the EU, right? Or whatever it okay. is, but they needed to export them from an EU country. They need to bring it from and they, France. Then, yeah, yeah. And France banned it. Yeah, and then the EU, the EU was like, you guys left. But that's such a bitch move, though. It is like, a bitch move. The UK is producing the vaccine and you, you like, you're like to them, yeah, nah, fuck you, it's, we're not going to give you the vaccine. Yeah. Your own vaccine. But do you know what it is, though? From my, like, experience with, like, speaking to Polish people. Yeah. Um, a lot of Polish people are leaving this country. UK. Yeah, like a lot, like EU. Like they are leaving the UK to go to Poland. Okay. And these, like, all of my family friends, these men are, all have built their houses, and all they're doing right now is just trying to get as much money as possible. Okay. And when they go to Poland, they live a high life because pounds are worth, like, five ta- like one pound is worth five water, and. Okay. And like the Polish like uh, like average salary is maybe like four pound, three pound, a like minimum minimum wage, sorry. Four pound an hour. Four pound an hour, something like that. Ooh. Um something like that. You know, how's unemployment in Poland? The unemployment is actually not that bad. Like a lot you of know, people that's, are employed. That's probably because of the low minimum wage. Definitely, you know, yeah. Because if you draw demand and supply curve of uh, of uh, what is it? Of the labour market. If you draw a demand and supply curve the middle of the where demand and supply cut is called where the market clears. Okay. So that's the optimal area where um, people will be relatively satisfied with the wage and um, the people like um, and the owners will also be relatively satisfied paying the wage. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, it turns out some people aren't as satisfied, which is why they raise a minimum wage. So if you draw the minimum wage on the y-axis, okay, it goes up and it cuts the so the first curve the cheaper it is so price on this axis so the cheaper it is the more likely people are to buy it and supplies like that it causes a shortage in um demand for employees okay because people will be like uh, employers will be like why do i need to hire you for a higher price than what you're worth if i can just buy a machine to do your work. Yeah, I see you what you're saying. Just wait, write demand supply curve and uh, so that you can see what I'm talking about. Demand, demand supply, supply diagram. The first one. So. It's a linear. Yeah. Well, it's actually slightly curved, but they draw it as linear. Okay. 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 It's like so, averaged price yeah. and quantity. Yeah. Supply and demand. So. 
you can, you can see as the price is high, the quantity of people that are going to buy is low. And as the price is low, the quantity of people that are going to buy is high. I right? see, I see, I see. Um, so the situation in Poland is like this. I feel like back in the days, like too far, t- 1990s, commu- like 1990s communism ended. Okay. And people just want money, bruv. Mm. People want in Poland mm. want mm. money. So they rush, they rush out of Poland. People people that have been through communism know how rough it is. Yeah, it's r- it is rough, I must say. Like, like, I think it's my, my, my parents only kind of skimmed through the, like, the, end, the end of, of communism. communism. But like speaking to my granddad, like he, he was born during the war, so he doesn't really remember much. But he lived through the whole of communism. Mad. And like... He says that the times that we live in right now are just, they're just so amazing that mm. it's hard to comprehend. Living through a hardship makes you grateful for, makes you more grateful for blissful times. Definitely. definitely. Living through actual hardship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. actual like, hardship. I think we've yeah. been here for 18 years on the, on the planet and people manufacture hardships to actually have something so that you can be grateful when you come out of that hardship that you've manufactured for yourself yeah you know so you make up you make up a man you make up a hardship so that you can like how do you're saying you you make yourself like work hard so that you can no no no, not work hard like our parents lived through uh they've seen some sort of war americans that are our parents' age have been through... They've had, like, the... What was it? The War of Vietnam or something? I guess... The, well, that's... Uh, some, some people's grandparents lived through the Second World War. Yeah, 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 yeah. First, but probably everyone has died out now. Almost everyone's died out from the First World War. Yeah. Um, but everyone lived... Those people lived through real hardships, so ended up really, really appreciating times of peace. Yeah, yeah, And we've had no times of hardship. Yeah. So far, so we consider so, this actually like we don't. So consider we this consider peace. minor hardships as peace. Yeah. So no, uh, we, we consider minor hardships as hardships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something that's minimal, and we go, oh no, that's so bad, and exactly. we might exaggerate our our struggles, maybe because we haven't gone through a real real struggle mm. as a whole. Like obviously, people struggle on individual levels. Yeah, yeah. As a, as a people, we haven't really endured micro and macro struggle. Yeah, we haven't endured a macro struggle. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel a you. big macro struggle. Yeah. So, so that's why we get outraged at, uh, like uh, at medium struggles. Yeah. I see what you're saying. I would say that I feel like these like very smart people, like Bill Gates or Elon. Yeah. They kind of I feel like they know that something's gonna happen. Like, like if you like, if you look at this the history of civilization. Yeah. You could you could you can literally average out how often there's a war. Like a, okay, yeah. like a extreme crisis or a war, so a pandemic or a or a um, war which just white like considerably affects the population. Yeah, I think And this is not I wouldn't yeah. even consider like coronavirus deep. It's not deep at all. It is not deep at all. It's, we are so lucky that, that it's th- not a deadly Yes. Um, if this was like a bowl of fifty percent um like mortality um, rate mortality rate it would bruv. but I was speaking to a doctor about this um, and he spoke to an epidi- epi- epidemiologist and he was telling me like the more 
a virus is deadly, the less contagious it is generally. Okay. It's harder to move around. Okay, okay, okay. So, and that's why generally when we have a pandemic nowadays or we have like an outbreak of some virus yep. and it spreads fast, it's not da- it's not too dangerous. Okay. Like the mortality rates of COVID are very similar to the mortality rates of the flu. Yeah. They're very, very similar. Very similar. The flu kills a lot of old people. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. And so does COVID. And COVID kills almost exactly the same amount, almost yeah. the same proportion, but a larger amount because it's more contagious. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the yeah, proportion yeah, yeah. is the same. Um, now, and it doesn't really kill young people. No. Like if you die of COVID, you're, you're either extremely, extremely unlucky, unlucky or extremely unlucky. Or you have like really, really, really significant underlying health issues. Yeah, probably usually have respiratory I think problems. It, what is it? You're more likely to die from falling from the stairs. Like falling off the stairs. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's, it's 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 a tiny like, but at least, at least we've had like a, you know, when you have a fire alarm that rings, but it's not. There's no fire. Yeah, at yeah, least we've yeah, had yeah, that yeah. It's like a for, for a dangerous disease, for a more dangerous disease. That's very true. Because if a disease is ten percent more dangerous than COVID, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. You know? I agree with you. This is basically a fire drill. And I really hope that these we learn how leaders, to sort it out properly, especially these leaders, because like there's like scientists scientists can't do anything without without this politics. Sadly, like they need funding. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. To do this research, and if like the government doesn't react quickly enough, then it will be game over next time. Because we this is this like. This, you like the like nature ain't gonna give you second ta- chances, third chances all the time. Do you yeah. see what I'm saying? It will do its fucking job if it needs to. And mm. the p- biggest problem is that I remember Bill Gates was on the TED talk a few years ago. This was like t- I think two thousand. He was talking about pandemics. He was. He was. Yeah. 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 And he his main his main point was that we shouldn't be so scared about a war. We should be, As, more, we should be more, yeah, yeah, like we, but no, he find it's just it's not like you shouldn't be scared of war, be, but it's it's very illogical how we are like how we are spending our money. We are spending ninety five percent of like this money on nuclear bombs and and um and all this military equipment. Even five percent of what of like and like um. I d- I'm not exactly sure of what money, but like most basically most of the money for like sustaining or like letting the country survive mm. is being put into also maybe defense defense, defense? probably yeah defense into the know. defense is put okay. into um, like the military even though that the chances of a pandemic are more um, than a war okay. And that, that it doesn't sense. make sense. But the thing I is, it doesn't yeah. make sense. But I, like, I don't know wh- what it is. But like, if 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 like, uh, like all these research universities had even half the budget of of uh, yeah. the U.S. Navy, uh, the U.K. Navy, or the military, okay. bruv, this virus, nothing. But this virus is, I think, the reason lockdowns were implemented in the first place because we we didn't know what this virus was. We didn't know how dangerous it was going to be. We didn't have enough data. No, that was good, in a sense, you know? initially what they did. Like, and that's why they locked down and they closed down everything. Yeah. But imagine, like, as a whole, if you lock down a whole people for this long, people have been in and out of lockdown for 
since March 2020. That's a year and a month people have been in and out of lockdowns. How would that, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure suicide statistics have gone so far up that it's probably a net negative to have a lockdown than to not have a lockdown. I agree. You understand? It's kind because, of showing all the real problems like, on the world. Yes. Um, this is not the real pandemic. The pandemic is the mental health. Uh, I would it, say. It, That's the real it's pandemic. Possible. We're the loneliest generation, yet we have the most access to people. That's because of abundance. Yes. There's it, too much choice it nowadays. It could be hyperabundance, which is a word I just came across yeah. recently. It's choice. It's too much choice. And it's like, it's... It's when you go um, no, to... No, it's also like this... We lack the safety of our homes, in a sense. Like, if you're a child and you get bullied in school, right? Mm-hmm. If In the 1980s, if you're a child and you get bullied in school, and you come home, you come back to the peace of your parents and your siblings, if okay. you have siblings, right? Okay. And so, you have a life that sometimes you get bullied, sometimes you don't... It. It can lead you to have some mental health problems, but in general, your 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 parents and your family life helps reduce the likelihood of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if now you live in our generation, okay. where you if someone gets bullied in school, you come home and you're bullied on social media. That's that has very a that true. has a because that means there's no escape. That's Whatever true. you do, there's no escape from being bullied. If you get very bullied, true. right? Because you're being bullied, both. In school and at home. And usually the, Where do on, you have, on social media it's twice as well. And worse. social media bullying is way more brutal yeah. than in-person bullying. Except if you're getting hit in person. But that's the thing though, like... Because... Apparently physical pain is not as painful... As mental As mental pain. pain. Probably. So... I mean, what I mean is like... Literally coming home with like bruises and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, no, I get, get what you're saying though. Way. I get what you're saying. But yes, um... Probably, um... Uh... Psychological bullying is probably more devastating than physical bullying. Physical, yeah, definitely, definitely. And especially, it can go on all the time. If someone gets bullied on social media, they can get bullied every single day, at any time of the day, when they wake up and when they go to sleep. Definitely. But you understand, before they had a shut, they had a, they they had had a place where they could go and and pause. And contemplate and enjoy time on? with their family. I get you. And have like a mixture of good and bad. But then if, if you're getting bullied all the time, there's, there's bad and bad everywhere you are. All the time. Even if you move schools. You could move schools and your old bullies are still bullying you on, the, yeah. on social media. I feel media. like it's just have being extremely disciplined in that sense. That when you know you're being bullied. The problem is that people like... like Bullies choose people who they know are weak. In, that se- in the sense that they can dominate them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On a but, mental scale. But generally, like, bullies also have also come from broken homes. A lot of trauma. I agree yeah. with you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I can't really sympathize that much with a, with bullies because, like... It, it's hard because it would be easier to sympathize with a young bully than an older one. Because an older one has had opportunity to think about stuff. Even if they... Well, you'd think they'd have had opportunity to think about stuff. Yeah. You know, with time, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But some of them don't. And it, I'm lucky it, enough I've never been bullied. I haven't been bullied either, so... I, but I know people personally who've been badly bullied. And, yeah. like, speaking to them now, also, like, 18... And you can see some remnants of 
bullying in them. Like you can you can still yeah, tell sometimes yes, they did yes, get bullied yes. because there's some small things they do. Hundred percent. Sometimes they'll seek a bit more reassurance than your average person would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's yeah, uh, yeah, you know it's it's sad, but that's what happens, I guess. It's very true, but I feel like with every kind of struggle you go through especially like through school it does carve you a bit like it, if it you're able you. of it's course like it people you. who who like get out of bullying and they become successful like it it it's twice as kind of rewarding yeah you see what i'm saying because of how much hardship yeah yeah, 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 mental yeah, yeah. Hardship they had to endure for me i remember in secondary school i had peak acne like it was bad it was so mm. bad and I had a lot of things to kind of like take my mind off that insecurity. I played football. I had a girlfriend at the time, like as well. And overall, like it was okay. But I was thinking like to myself, fuck, like I went on my phone one day mm. to try and find a picture of me when I was 14, 15. Impossible. Because you didn't take any. I never took a picture. And I was just like, I, like it was just incredible how... A literally a portion of my life cannot be found mm. because it I just never documented because I was so insecure. And the thing is, I didn't even know I was so insecure until until yeah, now. You're, when un- I, you're unconsciously insecure. Exactly, right? exactly, exactly. Mm. And the same thing is with probably of someone who uh, gets bullied that they don't even probably know that they're getting bullied. They're just like they kind of blame it maybe on themselves. Like, oh, mm. I'm, I, this guy's bullying me because. I actually do. Like, they do believe the things that that guy says. Yeah. And it, 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 like, and then you, and then problem of the brain is that it creates scenarios. Scenarios exactly, and those scenarios are not real, but like in your weak state of mind, they are, and there's only one scenario like which is actually real, and that there's a guy who's bullying you, and you're already <clears throat> thinking about like opinions of other people, what other people mm. think about you, or how you got beat up. And whatever it is, but it's tough. It's really, it's really bad. Like that, that causes a lot of scarring. And it, I would say it's even like the worst, the, the most traumatic things are in childhood. Yeah, when you're young. Childhood is the worst. And it has such a big impact because your conscious level is so low. And that's when you're getting molded. Exactly. exactly. Exactly, like, exactly. If, if by the time... There's this thing, if by the time you're four years old, you're antisocial. If you're antisocial by the age of four, you're going to be antisocial your entire life. Unless, that's the no, thing, no. Unless, like, is it facts? It's, um, it's extremely hard to change. Like, you can learn how to be, um, you can learn how to bear conversation. You can learn how to endure a conversation without getting physically as tired as you would otherwise. Okay. But if you're antisocial, it's hard to have conversations. It's, ha- it's okay. hard to be around loads of people and yeah, not yeah. physically be drained. Like yeah. physically get tired like from playing a sport the same yeah, way. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if um. by the time you're four, you haven't been socialized properly, then it's, gonna, it's hard to learn how to socialize afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's important to like get your kids exposure, get them to play around with other children as well and let them grow a bit. And uh, I think... Siblings would help that. Hundred percent. Siblings would help socialization. Hundred percent. Or just learning how to interact with yeah with with other children. You have to, you have to let people. them play with other children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have that, to find children that 
are willing to play with your own child as well. But exactly. generally, children are willing to play with everyone when they're little. Yeah, 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 yeah. Up until a point, I think. Yeah, it's like apparently four. the most aggressive children, the most aggressive people, are two year olds. Think so. Out of anyone. I have a two and a half year old brother. Yeah, well, you're lucky. He's not aggressive. He's. I would he? say he's not that he's. Thing is, he's basically a single child in a sense. Okay. Because yeah, the gap you, between me and like. Like me, like my so my younger brother is fourteen. So the 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 gap between them two is twelve years old, which is huge. Yeah. So. No, I understand that. He is. Yeah. He. It's not that he's aggressive. He's extremely, selfish. So he is that type of he. So, he has like I can like he's already I can see in his like he's building his own ego. Yeah. He's, he well he, he like some of his first words are things like, mine. Yeah. Yeah, but mine, children, like children, mine, children and I'm thinking, and it's and it's just like, I just like it, even these words in itself just build like this like bad, bad but, form of thinking that it's yours. This is inherently mm-hmm. yours. It's not the others, and it, you're not allowed to touch it because it's mine. And they they also like start creating this extreme like attachment. So they start crying with everything. Do you see? What I'm saying you yeah. take their toy, they're fucking crying, and. Uh, yeah. obviously you can't teach a child that but what you can teach them is like a language you do have an influence of what they they do learn and i yeah. feel like what like f- things like i and mine that it's it, their words are self-centered around themselves yeah so they're yeah self-centered as you said um well l- luckily they say like a child a child is Narciss- every child is self-centered and narcissistic, narcissistic yeah, 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 to yeah. the age of four. Yeah. By the age of four, they start to learn to share and socialize properly. Yeah. Like they start to, they start to negotiate without words, and set rules to play games. Yeah. As in, as a child, when you're playing with someone else's toy, you're not gonna hold that toy of the other baby. If the baby that the toy is for touches the toy and wants to take it back, you give it back. Mm. if not you start a fight mm. you've broken a rule an unspoken rule mm. and you learn how to play like that and you learn how to socialize and you keep growing and the socialization becomes more and more sophisticated with time mm. you know do you know I've also like I've read somewhere yeah. it's that like you see all these features like all these disabilities or like psychological disorders like okay. narcissism yeah. uh, depression schizophrenia ADHD OCD yeah. the road apparently we all have a bit of this apparently we all have a bit of this the only re- the only difference between those actual people who are diagnosed is that they actively show it mm. they actively show it it's and not- they don't have the filter yeah like it's not only the filters the you can socialize something out of someone like you social effectively you're socializing narcissism out of children and some of children you socialize it better you socialize it out better some others you don't and they mm. tend to be more narcissistic as they grow mm. because it's never really taken off them yeah yeah put in a proper put on a leash by the child themselves yeah by with the help of the parents and, and people around them. Yeah. Um, and it's not properly put on leash. It's, it goes out, it pees on the floor. <laughs> it's like it's there. Um, just what I wanted to say, like, if by the age of four, you're, if 
after the age of four, you're narcissistic. You're still narcissistic. That means you're actually narcissistic. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You have narcissism. You don't have NPD. NPD is narcissistic personality disorder. And it's extremely rare. NPD is so rare. But people with NPD can't do anything about their narcissism. Or they struggle big time. Mm. Because... There's always something you can do, I believe. It's like psychopathy. The only thing you can do about psychopathy is just try your best to not be criminal in that sense hmm it's like look well not all psychopaths are criminals and in fact it's a tiny minority of psychopaths are criminals but it's a tiny it's a it's an overwhelming majority of criminals like severe criminals like murderers and serial killers that are psychopaths Bonnie and if Clyde. you see what I mean I mean I don't know about Bonnie and Clyde I was just I'm pretty sure they were like fucking they had some mental illness or something yeah because like Psychopathy reduce it like removes your remorse, so you can you can end up doing things. That, they were um, serial killers, isn't it? I don't know. I yeah, yeah, yeah. There were an American criminal couple who traveled the uh, central United States with their gang during the Great Depression. Okay. Uh, known for their bank robberies, they okay. were bad. These were like bad men. Like these <laughs> these people like did like sexual assaults. Bruh. Uh, murders, bruv. These were like the gang of all gangs, fam. Mm. And yeah, I, I don't know if they. I feel like there was definitely something wrong with them. They had, they had to be. They had to be. Yeah. Like, like, fuck, you know, man. But what I was talking about with like psychopathies, basically every single psychopath will try to manipulate you. Okay. In that sense, it's almost inherent with psychopathy. That you will be manipulated by a psychopath. And that's mm-hmm. how you can spot one. But they're usually very good at hiding it. Mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. learn to become good because um, they have to keep their cover. Because if you find out someone's a psychopath, you're not going to talk to them. That's very and true. the best thing to actually do is not talk to them. Except if, except if you, you, you stay extremely careful and you're constantly checking whether you're being manipulated at every single time you have a conversation with them. Do you know what though? This is you know right when I said that a small portion of us have a bit of like these all these mental disorders, right? Yeah. Like, for example, every time like I see I I, I know this myself, it's like let's say you're in a relationship with a girl and okay. and the girl says, Oh you you did something wrong and then you're like, Yeah, I'm sorry. I won't ever do this again. Mm. And then over like and you do this and do this and do this again. Yeah. And this is considered a form of emotional manipulation. Yeah. And like... But it's... Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, but it's not every single conversation you have with them. Yeah, the, yeah in, the, in that sense, yes. But yeah, but I understand you're saying like it's a I'm part saying? of... It's, it's, it is it is like you're getting, the, you're getting the person sent shops, basically. Mm. But what I'm saying is like, if you are manipulative, doesn't mean you're a psychopath. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, if you yeah, are yeah. a psychopath, it's very likely that you are manipulative. Yeah, as well. yeah, it's just a f- it's a characteristic. Yes. and I'm saying that like uh, we have a lot of characteristics. But of- properly socialized psychopaths, like psychopaths that come from a good family, usually don't end up as serial killers or okay. murderers, but they do still manipulate people, okay. including their parents. You know, uh, because they don't have they don't have the instinct to. 
well, obviously they can't empathize with someone and sympathize with you, so they, they don't really have the ability to do that, to understand that someone's helping you out of their own volition. They're yeah. being nice to you because they want to help you out. They don't mm-hmm. see that. They see that as maybe this person is helping me out because they're stupid and I manipulated them into helping me out. Mm-hmm. And they'll keep doing it that way. Mm. You know? I see so what That's why they manipulate. And it's, um, it's unfortunate, but I, I hope they can find something to sort out psychopathy mm. and antisocial personality disorder, which is extremely, extremely isn't that severe. Isn't that basically like uh, social anxiety? Like no. No, 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 no. Is it much worse? It's much, much worse than social anxiety. Um, antisocial personality disorder is, uh, will manifest itself similarly to psychopathy. Wait, can I, you search it? APD, antisocial personality disorder. I would say, I think... Because uh, it's not being antisocial. It's not the same thing. People use... I don't think... Yeah, APD disorder. No, not that one. <laughs> it came up with auditory processing. Wait, so what's Antisocial. Antisocial. Personality. Personality disorder. You see? Oh, everything comes up with psychopathy. Psychopathy. Because... Signs, exploit, manipulate, manipulate or, vi- or violate the right so, of others. So what do they do? They exploit, they manipulate and violate the right of others. They have a lack of concern, regret or remorse about other people's distress. Behave irresponsibly. Show disregard for normal social behavior. Have difficulty sustaining long-term relationships. They're just reckless. Yeah, it's recklessness. recklessness. And do you see how there's loads of stuff that also... Like, if you drew a Venn diagram with psychopathy, loads of stuff goes in the middle. Like, the exploitative nature, the lack of guilt, mm. and the ability, the inability to learn from their mistakes, and mm. the fact that they repeatedly break the law. I feel you. It sounds... Yeah. It sounds like psychopathy, doesn't it? It does, it does, it does, it does. It, it doesn't does. sound like what it says it is. Interesting. That's you know? very interesting. I say it's interesting because... Uh, a lot of these things for example like unable to control their anger specifically yeah but that's an emotion right exactly that's an emotion but like look just I, for... I don't know if psychopaths don't feel I don't know if it's not if it's emotion they don't feel or if it's guilt and remorse that they don't feel Emotion is an interesting thing. Emotion yeah. is is I'm not sure is the result of thoughts. That's the thing, and uh, as soon as as soon as you are not able to control your emotion, it's because you can't control your thoughts. And okay, uh, yeah. I feel like I think it has to be something to do with your thought processing. Because okay. you're like emotion and thought, they they coexist with one another. They, like, you only feel an emotion if you if think. if you think like and you like like I don't know if you had like you times can't. when you just think of a scenario and because of that you get like an increase in your heart rate and you're like fuck and you get stressed out. Yeah, that is only because like chronologically first the thought arose. Okay. So I see what you're saying. Yeah. I think that 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 is. I think that is what these antisocial personality disorder people have a problem with. It's I think it's thought processing. No, but if you look at you can look at brain scans of antisocial personality people with 
antisocial. People with psychopathy, I know you can look at their brain scans and you can tell the difference between the brain scan of someone with yeah, 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 yeah. the MRI. No, the PET scan. It was this. Um, there was this professor, and I think he was a neuroscientist. Yeah, his name is something Fallon. Let me just uh, Fallon psychopath. James H. Fallon. He's an American neuroscientist. And he spent all his life, like, uh, coming up with... Uh, he was a scientist. He was mm-hmm, just mm-hmm, doing mm-hmm. science all his life. Then one day, they brought in... His university brought in a load of psychopath killers, uh, PET scans. And PET stands for positron emission tomography. Yeah. Uh, so the PET scans would... Of a psychopath would be completely different to the PET scan of a normal person. So is so, it the physical brain or the f- brain functionality? What's like happening the in the brain? What's happening in the brain? Yes. So it would see what lights up when they think of something, right? Oh, okay. So what places of the brain are activated? Yeah. Yep. So they did. They ran the. Ex- they ran. So he was like, you know what? Would be interesting if we do it to our students too and our staff hmm. to compare it to the psychopaths' brains. Okay. So he ran them and he said, let's put them in in separate piles and try and analyze what's happening mm-hmm. so he put the ones of normal people in a pile and the ones of psychopaths in a pile he got his done he got his friends done he got everyone's done right so when he did that um after doing that he he was like looking for his own uh brain scan in the normal people's pile mm-hmm. and so his friend came and told him it's not there mm-hmm. it's with the psychopaths that's mm-hmm. your brain scan the first one Turns out he was a psychopath, a well-socialized psychopath. And after realizing mm-hmm. that, he went out asking his, his uh, the people that knew him, okay. his wife, yep, yep, whether yep. he demonstrated psychopathy, psychopathic traits. And yeah. she said, yeah. Like, she said, it hurts, but she's learned to live with it. Like, wow. he, she said that he, he said it himself, he said, he likes his family the same way he likes his neighbors. Oh. It's the same. It's nice. the same for him. Completely. Crazy. People are the same. So he doesn't feel emotion towards them. He doesn't feel happy. He can feel satisfied. So there's no order to his emotion. I guess it's just like there, a zero or yeah, one. There is. There is no like significant emotion there to begin with. Yeah, like, yeah. But it's like I like him. I like no, this like, person. I don't. He's like this person's interesting. My wife's interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. it. It's like very and and he he lived he he dem- he manifested the traits of real psychopathy really strongly, except the fact that he wasn't violent or didn't break the law. Hmm. So that was good. He was well socialized. Yeah, yeah, in, yeah, yeah, in child, yeah. During childhood, which helped a lot because you, you wouldn't want to have another smart psychopath out there. Yeah, it's not a good thing to have. No, like smart psychopath. You know, it's a common misconception that people think psychopaths are smarter than other people. They aren't. They have a similar average IQ. Sometimes slightly lower. It's just they don't have remorse. Because when we think, mm-hmm. we factor in our emotions into whether we're going to do something or not. Okay. And they don't, so it's just a faster thought process. So that's why they come across as smarter. Just okay. Have less stuff to think about. Yeah, like it's, like, it's more of like an A to B. Yeah, it's straight. A straight line for straight them. Line for them. There's, no, there's no regard no to anyone else's feelings or well-being. No emotional barriers. Yeah. I get you. I get you completely. Yeah. 
Very interesting. Uh, yeah, it is. Antisocial personality disorder. But you know what? Like, it's this. I was just, just looking at, like, science, for example. Some of these things are so, like, similar to such a, like, like, as I was saying, like, an overdiagnosed, like, disability, yeah. like, ADHD. Look, yeah. like, there are so many things here that I can, like, say about that are also traits of, like, ADHD. For example, like, having difficulties staying in long-term relationships. Oh, um, yeah, but... Th- unable to control their anger, like, guilt, empathy, and all of that stuff. Repeatedly break, break the law, like... These, it like, it's just. I think it's like fascinating how, you know, these things so intertwine so well. Like, and the same thing with like dyslexia and ADHD. Mm. They also go together. OCD and uh, other and ADHD. Yeah, it's all like compounded. I think if you type something like, because you know they put these disorders in clusters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. they're they're similar, but they don't have the exact same. Um, Traits, um, yeah. characteristics yeah. so if you write cluster A personality disorders or cluster B personality disorders whichever one you want uh, cl- clusters of personality, personality disorders. disorders there you go these are more like personality well, okay cluster A, B, C you see yeah yeah so the all the similar ones are dramatic. together antisocial personality borderline personality historic personality narcissistic and then you've got the anxious, fearful cluster, avoidant personality, dependent. Oh, this is what I was talking about. This is what I was talking about with like attachment styles. Okay. With there's four main attachment styles. So there's people who avoid, there's people who depend, there's people who obsess. And then the third one is the stable one. The fourth one? Uh, the f- like the fourth one is just being like there. There is no problem basically. Mm. With you. <laughs> but most of these most people most people come under like these three people are either they like they they they're scared of um commitment or certain people are like highly like dependent on the other person. Mm. High need or are very insecure. Always need the do you love me? I always need this attention type of thing. And mm. then there's people who basically like like obsess and they and uh they flip between the two. Okay. And um and then there's like the stable person who's normal. But yeah, they they these like. Attachment styles also root basically from. Which book were you saying you said? It's called attached, attached, attached attachment. I think it's called attached. Hold on, I think it's. I haven't read it, uh, but I've done like. Uh, Who's it from? Attached book. There we go. Attached. Uh, the new science of adult attachment and how it can uh, help you find and keep love. Who wrote it? Amir Levine. Yeah, it's and Rachel S. F. Yeah, it's a fantastic book. I'm going to read it one day. Yeah, I am definitely going to read it. But I don't. I don't kind of. I don't have this extreme urge to read it. To read it because I understand a lot of these concepts already. Mm. And there we go. Anxious, avoidant, secure, and there's also like a fourth one. But those are like the three main ones. And yeah um and it this is like universal mm. like and it's this this book kind of specifies more about love like romantic love okay but this is with everything like all attachment even to your to your phone yeah right you can you can either like like most people have um like 
a very secure relationship with their phone. Like the phone yeah. doesn't do anything to you. You're very happy with it. But if you lose your phone, you'll be extremely devastated and sad. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, it's uh, more applies to humans though. Let's just say that. Yeah. But, um, I think when something I find interesting was uh, this, there was a psychologist, uh, evolutionary psychologist that was talking about so they're asking him whether psychology is a science, mm. a social science, and he was like, if what if what is a social psychologist? No, if psychology is a science. Oh, like a, a STEM science. Like a science science, <laughs> and he's an evolutionary psychologist, right? Oh, and he did mathematics hard. as his bachelor's Ooh. before doing that. So his name is Gad Saad. I think, uh, what he said basically was, if done, the reason psychology is called a social science rather than a science science is because they don't have a way of conducting it the way natural sciences are conducted with the scientific method to the letter science is experimentation in an yeah, essence but then the the basis of like the natural sciences is because there's a scientific method that you have to adhere to yeah. If you reach an answer using the scientific method, someone else can test it out, come out with the same answer. Your theory is uh, is a valid theory, mm. right? In psychology, and sociology, and some of the uh, social sciences, yeah. what happens is they've made something that looks like the natural, uh, like like the scientific method, but isn't. Sometimes that's how some people come to, like. A ridiculous, uh, um, ridiculous hypotheses in psychology sometimes okay. Okay. is because they they basically it's like it looks like a duck, it feels like a duck, but it isn't a duck. In the same way as so, it looks like the scientific method. It feels like the scientific method. But it doesn't follow it the missed. basic principles okay. of the scientific method. Okay, okay, okay. That's okay, for okay. some psychology. Okay. Which then means, like... But it's, that's the thing. I think it depends from field to field. It depends from field if to it's... field. But that's why the natural sciences are so good, because we've been able to nail a method that, that's been used for a long time. It's, it's, it's a reliable method. Everything is sequential. You can put, like, anything into yeah. basically an algorithm, right? Yeah. Like, if you think about all these all this maths, co- physics, computer science... Like all of it is like chemistry as well. It's mm. all computationally done, like these big calculations. Yeah. Like as soon as like you put, like certain things in psychology, sociology, mm. or or politics, even is called the social science. Mm, I don't know about like, that. But like 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 these subjects, certain things are very hard to put into like into algorithms, yeah. sequential things that like have a logic to it basically mm. that's the problem that's well, the whole point of like so i think natural sciences is that they stem they just naturally stem from maths which is the language of it and 
and it like when it has a like a logical form to it everything just makes perfect sense that's why everything just kind of falls instantly when yeah like so when something can, is discovered in physics and it is like experimentally proven it, it just becomes falls into place yeah it's like yeah. it's like if you were playing tetris and all these blocks all fell in at once yeah. perfectly matched yeah but so what this guy was saying was if you want to conduct a social science properly you have to find an intellectually honest way of replicating the scientific method and mapping it onto the social science then it becomes very yeah. close to real to like what you would call real science right yeah so what he said was because of the fact like no no that's something else i was going to talk about um stuff like evolution i was, I was to, to add to to add to you i was i would think that the problem is that we are trying i feel like psychology is trying to add to biology for example where yeah, and well, it is it is like it is deemed like its own subject right uh but like i know for a fact like i have an impression at least like from listening to like biologists and they basically say that like biology is in danger like they are basically biology is in danger by by gender based social science yeah, yeah and it's basically being like it's basically being at this point like overwhelmed by all this philosophy because philosophy is a very new subject compared to biology very recent Philosophy is new. Sorry, no, psychology is a very uh, recent like subject compared to biology. Yeah. And uh, like biology has a lot more stronger fundamentals, right? Which have been in place yeah, for because, a lot longer. And the threshold to come across a biological theory, the threshold of evidence you need is so high yeah. that by far the, the most... Um, irrefutable theory in the entirety of science is basically the theory of evolution. Yeah. I don't think there's a theory that's had so much sc- scrutiny mm. the way um, the way evolution has. Evolution by natural selection and eventually sexual selection. Mm. Um, but there's so many people that tried to shut evolution down and as a result of that the evidence that Builds evolution had to grow and grow to such a point that if you try to shut evolution down, you, can't, you, you can't. basically cannot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which shows that it's it is with it, the big, the most effective um, evidence, the most effective theory out of any of the natural sciences, other than maybe like you know theories in physics are you don't need the same type of evidence as you would need in biology. No, the thing right? is in physics you don't even need proof that something exists. You, like there's a lot of so like there's a lot of equations out there for these black holes and know. and like a lot of this shit that like we've never actually seen we've never actually conducted an experiment but theoretically mm. it exists theoretically teleportation are you exists. talking about wormholes or you're talking yeah, about wormholes, wormholes not black holes black right? uh, like because we can take pictures of yeah 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 but like wormholes especially yeah like we can theorize wormholes but we don't know if exactly with biology you you know we basically know that evolution is true exactly but you know what's interesting evolution occurred in two ways natural and sexual selection which is what differentiates that which is isn't sexual like natural like isn't different because like 
if you look at uh, which monkeys were close to us? Was it chimps? Chimpanzees. Uh, chimpanzees. Yeah. Okay. So a female chimpanzee. So this is what sexual selection. What this had Darwin like. Figured it. Darwin out. came across sexual selection, but everyone said no to him. But then, okay. it proved that it's actually more useful than it, than not. Okay. So basically, it says like stuff like. Uh, a chimpanzee, a female chimpanzee, will basically mate with a male chimpanzee. If the male chimpanzee wants to mate. If he wants to. Okay. So, if a male chimpanzee beats another male chimpanzee and comes to mate with a female, they'll just mate. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the reason our species the way we are is because when a male, well, what would be the ancestor of a human, mm-hmm. would want to mate, he, w- he can't just beat the other male and mate. He has to beat the other male and the woman has to choose that she wants to mate with him. Oh, okay. That was the difference between okay. us and chimpanzees. Okay. Like, when we broke away from our um, common ancestor. Yeah. So as a result of that, our genetic pool kept becoming fitter and fitter because at one point the males would start would start promoting the fittest male because it would be more useful to them if the fittest male mates for the survival of their um, tribe. Okay. And so as a result of that, we kept becoming fitter and fitter Mm-hmm. Genetically, we kept becoming smarter and smarter, and we are where 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 we are now. And it still happens. Like, the reason people are attracted to competence, people are attracted to successful people, mm-hmm. is because you assume that this successful person has traits that will be um, conducive to a stronger genetic pool, which will lead to survival of the human race. For example, mm. you know. Because some of the successful, like, usually, um, usually has traits like intelligence and, uh, well, generally it's intelligence now. It used to be strength before, like, loads of time ago. Yeah, it was, it was primarily, primarily strength. Before we split from our common ancestor, even just after we split, probably it was like strength and, and dominance, but now it's, intelligence is our new strength. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because this yeah. is the way we we survive. Yeah, 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 yeah. Intelligence leads us to make devices. Intelligence allows us to have engineers and scientists and literally education as a whole. Like <laughs> yeah. So, two hundred thousand years ago, Homo sapiens evolved in East Africa, right? Okay. And only seventy thousand years ago, the cognitive revolution began. It began. So that was us thinking us. It like basically valuing intelligence mm. and like it giving birth and um and actually us thinking so yeah that's some stats to add to that very interesting how basically us humans us from- homo homo sapiens not monkeys this us actually the same people that we were genetically structured were just another animal in the food chain yeah. Bang in the middle. Until we didn't. Until, until we stopped. Until until we started, uh, still, until the cognitive reprodu- re- re- revolution occurred, and there's many theories why there's there could there's the there's the DMT <laughs> there's the DMT theory that they started like they tried they got their hands on like psychedelic drugs, and there's many others which I cannot fully say. And the reason we we're intelligent is so beyond me. I don't know, like, 
I would have to read about it a lot before finding out why we are how we are. Yeah, that is that is the perfect book. Homo uh, sapiens. Yeah, but I mean also like. It explains it from it does, not just it not just uh, not just from a biological standpoint. It explains a lot of like even like politics, for example. Like think about it, uh, monkeys like monkeys have a hierarchical system. Like there is always like in gorillas, there's there the is chief. there is the chief um, um, gorilla, and his main purpose is that in the I think it's a herd. I'm not sure the word for it for let's tribe. Like, tribe. Let's, in the in the tribe of monkeys never exceeds 150 usually around the 50s 40s yeah we have that number too for humans yeah dunbar we were looking at it this exactly exactly dunbar's number like you can only keep 150 people in your head at once like exactly properly properly, so monkeys 150 people or something like that exactly so like in a in a sense monkeys in a way had like a political structure in place but this was like uh, this was unconditional, right? It was like the strongest monkey. The strongest monkey, and his purpose was to primarily to protect, to yeah, and to reproduce, and but how the f- I find it fascinating how we were able to t- like to leave to leave that type of yeah. mentality, and the answer to that is is cognition. We start thinking, and we find ways to actually to actually work with other like other people, people in the same species in more than it's just 40 of, people it's because of reciprocity of the human of humankind the mm. fact that we're willing to trade in a sense something yes. for something yes else. trade was a, and a very sacrifice and have delayed reward yeah humans are willing to have delayed reward beyond death no like animals don't do that that's very true squirrels can sometimes have delayed uh, um what what did I say? Delayed rewards. Yeah, squirrels can have delayed rewards, but not till after they die because they don't know yeah, that they're gonna yeah, die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They would like, like squirrels don't know they're gonna die. Yeah. Ever. Every day is like a. It's just the it's way. It's a reboot. Yeah. Right. I'm just gonna get some food. Yeah, it's food and sleep, and maybe I'll hide this acorn. Yeah, I think bears are like as as good as it gets. They hibernate. Yeah, because they hibernate and then they they eat later. Yeah. I mean, but the thing is. We know, as humans, we know we have an expiry date. We know yeah. we're going to die, which is why maybe... The only certainty. Which is why maybe, yeah, which is why we, we probably have all this stuff. Like, which is why we really, really... Religion is so prevalent to this day, and it's going to keep being prevalent as long as we're going to keep dying. You know? Neuralink. <laughs> maybe yeah. that. Maybe Neuralink <laughs> would be a... A cool transition into finding out what's up, like. Uh, yeah, if Neuralink pops yeah. off, but it'll be extremely interesting. It'll be interesting. It'll be so interesting to see what happens to stuff like consciousness. Yeah. See whether that. Do you know I've, I, do you, I? Go on. Yeah. Go. On. I was gonna say that there are like cryogenic chambers, where you can your frozen, body. which are basically waiting for the day that Neuralink wakens and. And some people don't even um, cryogenically freeze their whole body. Just they just chop their head off and, and they put the p- p- freeze the head, and that's that's enough. Is this a for, is this a thing? Yeah, yeah. This is like people like people have died, and they are just waiting for this basically technology to arise. And I'm thinking, fuck, like. I think I'd do that. 
<laughs> I, I'm I thinking see myself doing like if we like, don't make it fuck maybe yeah, we'll like, make it into 200 years time when yeah, bro, when Elon Musk's son so like close bro. it's so close shit then it, it feels so close to happening it is very close I mean, a lot monkeys. of people will think about death differently in our generation yeah you know? so um, if we can actually figure out how to continue how to living that. after yeah. like even fuck the living but like keep consciousness mm, that'd be cool after after death that would be yeah. that would be against biology and reality in a sense and all these other religions so I feel I feel like it would be a dangerous shift I don't think it would be against biology because that would be the ultimate the, the ultimate survival move would be able to it, to survive beyond your biological body it kind of cuts the, the, the chain yeah, you see you're not I'm a saying? biological being anymore. you're not a biological being anymore you're not decomposing you're not you're not basically but, yeah. adding to to the to the nutrients of the soil anymore you are like technically staying for forever yeah. Ooh. imagine becoming a technological being instead of biological oh i don't know that's that's I don't crazy know. i don't know if that's cool or not but i'm i'm definitely on board <laughs> that i'm definitely for on me board. i'm a bit i'm a bit very i'm a bit skeptical i can't lie because i feel like what gives our life so much value is that is death is yeah. is death and what like i wouldn't i wouldn't call i would like as soon as we figure out uh how to basically live live like keep our consciousness to live forever we're not humans anymore yeah this I know. is a completely different i assume we won't be humans anymore but uh um i don't know i think i might be I might be willing to take that risk. Really? I would not. I, <laughs> I, I don't know. Cause, I would not. <clears throat> you know, like, both ways are scary. Both ways are Death scary. Death is scary, but also, like, Staying living like scary. this, living like a robot forever is also yeah, scary, right? Isn't it? That's, is, they are both scary. I feel, I feel like a reason why I fear it is because it's it goes against... The norm in a sense right yeah. it's not normal to to, to not die yeah, so i, I guess so. that's what's so skeptical around it but a lot like, of things that humans have done is, is not uh, normal is that way yeah yeah I I've, it's it is honestly but almost I've, everything we've done is to follow like is to survive in a you can relate it back to our survival instinct hmm. you know so and this is the ultimate survival instinct because this is the ticket to survive forever. This cheat code GTA. Yeah, it literally is. Nah, I, f- I feel like if this does become a reality in our lifetime, it will be dangerous only because there will be people a, that get it first. Yeah, there will be a proportion of people who are like hyper aware, high like overclocked brains, one gigahertz processing speed, being able to read. What was it? I think it was so- I, something like that. Like. People with Neuralink can, will be able to process stuff at such a tremendous speed mm-hmm. and so much information that it'll just blow the normal human out of the water. And we don't even know how intelligent we can get with Neuralink. Hmm. Like... An integrated brain-machine interface platform, blah, 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 blah. Are we finding anything about it? Brain hacking is expect 
is exceptionally hard, no matter what Elon Musk says. Oh, this is Neuralink themselves? No, no, this is is some article, Unique Brains. Neuroscientists have, in fact, been listening to brain cells in awake animals since the 1950s. Mm. Some researchers hope that AI can sidestep these problems in the same way it has helped computers to understand speech. I'd have to... This is a difficult article to scavenge through yeah. quickly. But mm, I would say, I think, oh, I've got a good theory. What is it? I feel like when Elon does go to Mars, which will happen in our lifetime, 100%. I hope it does. In our lifetime, 100%, he'll get to Mars. And he does start to basically evolve like humanity on Mars okay like he should like that's where Neuralink should pop off it's like that would be so good because we'd be on a new planet we could have a new beginning yeah yeah it's like you're going to Mars but you have to like when you jump on that plane you have that chip already installed in case anything happens yeah yeah. and do you know what would be even cooler it's those people who are like um, which have like disabilities like they don't have legs or arms you know, like you can just add like a like a like a prosthetic arm add a chip into him bruv take him to mars and he's living the life because yeah, yeah. but you know that's <laughs> the first that was the first thing musk wanted to tackle with Neuralink. yeah it's, he said he doesn't to, at the start we're not gonna he's not gonna start by overclocking brains he's gonna yeah, start yeah, by yeah. trying to fix people with with uh, a spinal with problems, stuff like spinal problems, yeah, because yeah, of like uh, uh, like brain structural problems, central nervous system, yeah, play, yeah, 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 that type of stuff. That's very good. Yeah, I like I like the initiative. Yeah, 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 I like how much like how much of an engineer he is in that sense as a CEO. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. he's not. He's, he's not your, norm, your, your normal CEO. Obviously, he he probably is a good CEO as well. But in terms of being an engineer, he comes up with really cool ideas. Yeah, like in it, core values of his are, I am a scientist and I am it going to It seems like he is, he is really it's a scientist. Ma- like money is like second or third. I don't no, know what it is. No, money is the byproduct of a successful product. Exactly. Money so, comes about because his, product, his ideas are cool. Exactly. And his marketing is basically himself. Yeah. His marketing is just how peculiar his personality is. Yeah, he's a weird guy. Yeah, and that drives the market to like him. Like, yeah. I feel like if business changed, like if businesses change their business models to thinking more like scientists in the sense that I'm going to make this product not to make money, but to make the world better, I feel like everything would just be much better like a lot of a lot of business like business people like companies are sadly their first priority is money like look at football for example what happened i don't know because like obviously so many companies priorities are going to be money but also like for example a retailer or someone like a shopping mall their priority is obviously money but they're going to get you good products because they know you're more inclined to buy a good product if you if you're well informed. That's true. And the more well the the more advanced the country is, the more well informed you're going to be. Mm. So the smart move, in terms of money making, is to give you a better product, in that sense. But I think because. First of all, not many people are 
working as hard as Elon Musk, no. period, on the planet. Not many. Yeah. And not, not many. many people also have the opportunities that Elon Musk had and seized. Yeah. Like he did read a lot of books from him. He read a lot like of 12, books. He learned 13. how to code really early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he, to this day, I'm not really like I do electrical engineering, and barely, <laughs> barely could code. Like Python, I can code some stuff, but like, like more specific, like MATLAB or something. He, it's just he, he sold the, this guy made, made PayPal, PayPal, bro, man, yeah, PayPal. By the age of twenty three, he had like eighty eight million dollars. Yeah, so you need to give you need to give this guy a credit. Like, yeah. I, I don't know, I don't understand why people like hate so much and like in general and like these extremely successful people like these billionaires, millionaires. Like, yes, they do have a lot, of a money. lot of money, and like. But black and white it seems so selfish and so unfair that they do have this money but like most like most of the most like there were a lucky few that did put like a hundred dollars into bitcoin in 2002 and now they're like extremely rich for no like impulsively for no reason. Reason. Okay. but like overall most people that are that rich deserve to be that rich most yes this is what i'm saying like it okay like maybe the magnitude of their money is like a bit over the top however but you know they don't hold they are, that money yeah, they don't they don't actually have it this is what i'm saying it's their net worth their net worth is how much this company is worth like how much like value much basically it has like like tesla spacex uh the boring company Neuralink have actual real life value on this world like yeah. not just monetary value they but create valuable products exactly valuable like this is changing the world and in a good way in a very good way this is like the good good being yeah. extremely extremely important like now like apple i remember like steve job days i remember when he released the iphone 4 like that was i think that was the closest thing to a to like a reveal of technology than that like to what like Elon Musk is doing now with his like when the cyber t- cyber truck came out but like the last time I remember there was ever so much hype was back with like with Steve Jobs and the iPhone and I remember that people saw this thing as an inherently good thing do you see what I'm saying not initially like after a few years they yeah, yeah like, like oh, this is actually good. look at all of us we Everyone all have has. iPhones and Everyone it's, has a phone that looks like an iPhone. Or, yeah. Everyone has a phone that's a smartphone, basically. Yeah. But he, he started something incredible. And overall, overall, it is an extreme... It made the world a better place. Like... Yeah, I mean, it made the world a more, like... How, a more advanced place, let's say. I'm going to say advanced because better can be subjective. It is subjective, it's like, but the, the problem is that, like that in like that innovation in itself the iphone yeah just put it there is a piece of technology that is i would say there is no bad to it but like the only reason it's bad is because instagram was created and instagram in itself isn't a bad thing either the idea was also good but us humans just just i don't know we just don't know how to fucking use good things we have to just ruin everything like fucking idiots but yeah i think um like the problem, like we have, there's a lot of bad stuff about the internet, about phones, but but there's also people a lot of that good is only stuff. because of us, like the users. But also, the good stuff is also thanks to us. Like both ways go as a byproduct of us using the device, like both the positives and the negatives. That's why I say like 
it's both a good and a bad thing. It's hard. It's a hard, but it's definitely an advancement. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah, That's yeah, a thing yeah, yeah, yeah. that you can and take. And wouldn't you say that advancement in and of itself is a good thing? Yeah, sure. I could, I could, I could say that. Yeah. Like. Mm-hmm. But the reason I say advancement is because maybe when you say something like this is good, something go well. There's also stuff that makes it bad. You know, like people get addicted. Blah blah. blah. Mm-hmm. I know it's it's because people like just misuse it but it also the intention of obviously they must have thought that they need to get people hooked mm. on the iPhone even for the first one so they can buy the second one mm. so it must have been a thought even if they were pushing out more good than bad there still must have been some bad to result in mm-hmm. the purchase of the next one mm-hmm. and the next one and being attached to it so much that people would be willing to pay like loads of money for their iPhones Hmm, that's very true. An iPhone costs 1K or like 900 pounds. Yes. That's a ridiculous amount of money. Like, if you'd ask people back then to buy anything that's not like a supercomputer for a thousand pounds, they'd be like, no. That's very true. I guess us, we we all are richer, in a sense. We all have more money. We're the richest, as as a planet, we're the richest people that have ever lived on the planet. I think that's it. Yeah. I mean, that's self explanatory. Like yeah, of course. As our civilization uh, expands, mm. you find better ways to live better lives and make more money. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, the phone well, is a fantastic invention, I must say. Yeah, but I want to. I used to like something very interesting. I heard is that like really and truly now, and probably in ten years' time, Eve is going to be at even a higher degree that a phone is actually just an extension of yourself. It is. And... That's what Elon Musk I think was saying on the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah, He's yeah, like, yeah. It, they're like, oh, so what, Joe was like, so when are we going to become cyborgs? And Elon was like, we already are becoming cyborgs. That's what I heard. We use, from... we use our phones. Exactly. Like an extension of us. Yeah. Like, try not to use your phone. It's the same as not using your left hand. Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I could, I think, I think my phone would be more useful than my left hand. Yeah, yeah. It's very like, true. Like it is right-handed. Really isn't it? I don't use my left often. My phone is a more essential tool, basically. Like think about, I can leave my house with just my phone and be okay. And I will, I can, to be honest, get anywhere in this world. I can buy a ticket anywhere. My card is like pre-built into the the like the scan like the I think what's that scanner the when you when you scan on like the the the, is the it, bus I don't know if it's NFC that I think use. it's NFC scanners no, NFC was for the other ones does Apple also use NFC I can't remember I think it, so it might have been NFC's near field communication by the way NFC scanner iPhone for iPhone no just see if the iPhone uses NFC NFC for the iPhone how yeah. just write how does Apple Pay work uh, Apple Pay Technology. Okay. Yeah, and I think yeah, NFC. It is NFC. Isn't yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. So like, so. we've got we've got a way to pay. We've got a way to buy. We've got a way to lo- lo- locate our basically all our memories are stored there. Yeah. All our personal information. If you pay for the cloud, it's basically an extension. You keep getting your memories. with cumulative memories basically like a permanent and ongoing album yeah alright 
let me see. I think we've done a lot of time now. We yeah. have done three hours and 14 minutes. Yeah, it's time to eat. I think that's, well, that's really good, huh? All impressive, right. Impressive. Thank you for uh, listening. Anyway, thank you for listening.